weekend, wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC, especially if you are one of our geeks and sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be in your ear holes for (laughs) 90 plus minutes. Oh, it's going to be a good one because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week. Squarespace. Squarespace. (laughs) And Mac Weldon. They're bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games and their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy... Who's working that hype train, get oiling up the wheels, shoveling the coal. We're getting this thing amped and ready to go. The hype train is about to leave the station. Christian, are you excited? Christian Spicer. Uh, what, what is, what is that? That do it. Chugga. Chugga. Chugga, 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 chugga. Oh man, this is it. This is we're it, like, Christian. We're like the Golden State Warriors on that assist. You know what I mean? Like we've just been playing together for so long. We're untouchable, baby. <laughs> yeah. And and the good news is we uh we got uh, we drafted a, a new player to make the, the team even better this year. And we knew he was a veteran, so it was easy to come to the team. It was like, oh, you're one of the best in the biz. Come join us, and we'll take this to the take this to the title. <laughs> That's right. You know the DLC is always our downloadable Kanata, downloadable Christian. This week it's special because DLC stands for the days leading to the convention, and we have one of our favorite guests with us, one of our most frequent guests with us to help make some E3 predictions. It's Anthony Taormina from GameRant.com. Welcome back, Anthony. Hello, I am David West. I just won a championship. Which team's going to take me to a championship? <laughs> uh, Spurs, you guys, you guys rebuilding this year? Okay, nope. Warriors, you guys, this looks like your year? Okay, I'm on. Let's do <laughs> okay. it. He's got a good agent. That's what that's that's what that's guy's got. I was kind of making you the KD of our team, but you know, if you want to be oh, David West, that's no, fine. No, because yeah, I'm the veteran. I'm I'm the veteran that's just there for like the the locker room leadership. I'm here to to bring everybody together, but really, I don't add anything. I might get hurt at some point, and then it'll be kind of like I'll just get the ring, and everybody will be like, he didn't really earn the ring, but he was but- here. You whip that towel around like nobody's business. Oh, yeah. I patty mills it up. <laughs> you know, it's funny we make this joke, but actually, as I was watching the game tonight, which, by the way, we're recording this early this week. Uh, Thank we, you. Yeah, we have uh, usually record on Mondays. Uh, Christian has some some construction happening in his house on Monday, so it's going to be loud there. So we're recording a little early, uh, Sunday night, the night of game two of the NBA Finals. We all just watched. Um, and I was, I was watching – the uh, the thing occurred to me that, you know, I always compare basketball to Heroes of the Storm. And I was thinking like, you know what? On my Heroes of the Storm teams, I'm the Draymond Green. I'm like the I'm like the heart and soul, the like the enthusiasm guy. And I got the intangibles. Like I'm never going to be, you know, I, sometimes I'm the MVP, but I'm rarely more. I'm more more like the intangibles guy that like facilitates. I'm Wait, the Draymond Green. The well, loudmouth jerk? Yeah, I don't that know. That's, no, he's a he, – <laughs> But, but I feel like you're the Andre Iguodala. You're, but he was MVP, so it's like, 
are you secretly the MVP? Are you the MVP that nobody acknowledges until the finals and then you're like the MVP? I think you're the Richard Jefferson. Like you're really old but still in the game. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's brutal. <laughs> well, uh, we've definitely beat this metaphor till it's past dead. Um, guys, so I said we're recording early. If stuff hits Monday morning, we're not talking about it. We are going to talk news. We are going to talk games that we've been playing. We, there are lots of stuff to talk about in those areas. But this is the week before the biggest week in gaming. So we are going to make some E3 predictions. We're going to help you get hyped. And I need to tell you a little bit of housekeeping stuff because as we do every year, there will be an extra episode of DLC during E3 week because the, so much stuff happens in E3. By the time we get to the following Monday, it's all chaos and it's just there's just too much to talk about. So we're doing more. And hopefully you'll be along for the ride. Like we did last year, we're going to do two episodes breaking down the conventions. It's going to be insane this year because the conventions are all – excuse me, conventions. Uh, press conferences is what I mean to say. The press conferences are all spread out this year like like mad. It's insane. Uh, stuff on Saturday with EA and then Sunday and, and Monday. So we're going to do an episode Sunday night. Late after all of the press conferences are over, and then we're going to do another episode Monday night, and uh, after that press conference is over, and then we'll go through the show, and then we'll have another episode that following Monday talking about all the games we got hands on with through the show. So it'll be two episodes of of breaking down the press conferences, and then a third episode that following Monday about E3. But and it's oh, oh go ahead sorry no, go, you go ahead. Okay, it's the best of both worlds because you will be at all of the press conferences physically. Yes, and I will be at my on on my computer on my butt uh, talking over them here on Twitch, which is just Christian Spicer. If people want to chat along with me during the press conferences, I'll be doing that, and then you'll actually be there, so we'll get impressions in the room and also how it felt to the internet at large when we talk about them. Yes, and in addition to that, uh, hopefully you guys are also checking out my daily video game show on Anchor called Newest, Latest, Best. Uh, I do updates there every single day on video games. Uh, you can find that at anchor.fm slash NLB. And I'll be doing that throughout the convention as well. So if you don't want to wait all the way until Monday to hear stuff, I'm going to literally walk out of every appointment that I have. And I have <laughs> wall-to-wall appointments uh, all three days of the, of the show. I'm going to walk out of every single appointment. and I'm going to record live uh, my thoughts. Uh, and it's going to go up on Newest, Latest, Best. So you can get that at anchor.fm slash NLB. So, it's, it's big. This is big. So we had to, you know, we got to make sure you guys are up to date on everything. But let's, we're going to get to the E3 stuff later in the show. We got to do the show that we normally do. And that starts with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration using our hashtag on Twitter, DLCSOTW, or by visiting our subreddit, which is a really cool place to hang out, meet like-minded folks, and talk about the show. Uh, that's at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. And we do have some some pre-E3 buzz, some early uh, you know, all these companies now are trying to get get a new cycle all to themselves, so their stuff's getting announced early. So we've got some really juicy, interesting news this week. Anthony, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Uh, it has to be the Nintendo Switch online stuff because, you know, it was supposed to hit at some point this year. Now it's not. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be free for a while. Um, I think they confirmed pricing uh, in different categories. They uh, reworked the whatever classic library access instead of what it was going to be before. I mean, they basically came forward and said, hey, we took since you guys gave us feedback, we're trying to figure it out a little better. Um, but as a result, it's not going to be available this year. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, they, it's everything that keeps coming out about Switch makes me more and more sure that they were were not ready to release this system this year. Definitely, uh, and, and they pushed it and they rushed it out to to have Zelda be a launch title. But, um, yeah, they, I mean, they had said that in the fall they were going to release the uh, online service. That is not happening. But there are online games coming: Splatoon Two, of course, um, um, Mario Kart, of course. I'm guessing there'll be one more probably before the end of the year that we can talk about later. But um, you will be able to play those games. You don't have to pay for them uh, until 2018 when the service officially rolls out. But when it does roll out, it is going to be a service that's very comparable to the things that Sony and Microsoft are offering with uh, Xbox Live Gold and PlayStation uh, Plus. Um, And that is a online service that has friends lists and lobbies and things. They're going to give you uh, games, old games to play every month, uh, just like Xbox and PlayStation do. Uh, well, I mean, there's a big but there though, right? Yeah. There's, well, there's yeah. yeah. There yeah. NES games. They're not, maybe at E3, they'll announce SNES games that right now they've said NES games and they'll be adding online play to them, which is cool. But like, PlayStation and Microsoft are giving us current gen games. And yeah, that's true. Balloon Fight, I don't care what you think of Assassin's Creed Black Flag or whatever. Uh it's Balloon Flight. Balloon Fight is not is not that, right? Yeah, but Christian, <laughs> like, um Street Fighter 2 just came out on Switch. So I think they are current gen games. <laughs> At forty bucks with online play, so yeah, that's worth it. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's also it's also not entirely clear. Like before, it was I think it was you get you get two games for the month, and then they go away. And now it's like there's a collection you can access these games. We don't know when they're gonna go away. We don't know you know for how long. It's now it's like I don't know. It's I think like they confirmed a, they don't go away. I, I feel like what they did. They are you sure? I'm not sure, but the impression I got from places like Kotaku, I think, was the one that kind of tried to pin them down on it was this idea that it will be like uh PlayStation plus, or as long as you're a member, you have access to this category. But in reading that stuff too, it definitely felt like Nintendo left themselves a little bit of wiggle room, but I feel like their intent right now is that as long as you're paying, you get that, you know, you have that NES game or whatever it is. The thing is that they're making this distinction between what they're calling classic game selection and virtual console. They're not saying virtual console is happening on switch yet. We all assume it will, but, it's weird that this isn't that, right? They're saying, oh, this is definitely its own weird walled garden thing. So that's weird. The good news is the the really, I think, positive side that we can pull out of this is that it is much more aggressively priced than Xbox or PlayStation services. $19.99 a year or $7.99 for three months or $3.99 a month. So compare that to 60 bucks a year. I mean, it's basically a third of the price, right? Uh, I think that's pretty impressive. And I think it will probably pressure Microsoft and Sony to maybe rethink their pricing structure. I I hope at least. So that's pretty exciting. The downside is that the way it works or the way it seems to be working, we don't know, they haven't outlined this in detail yet, but there was some 
Japanese uh, iconography, <laughs> some some uh, the Hori, the manufacturer of of um, peripherals, is releasing a headset alongside Splatoon Two, and they have a diagram about how that headset is going to work, and it's bonkers. Well, that's your first problem when your headset requires a diagram for how it should work, right? Because you have to attach (laughs) it to a smart device as well. There's an app that will control all the lobbies and matchmaking and stuff like that. That's only run on an app. That doesn't run on your Switch. They don't even make that for Switch. You got to have a smartphone or a tablet that downloads that app. And then you plug your headset into this dongle that has a splitter that splits the cord into the smartphone and then also into the switch it's bonkers but i guess it's nintendo i mean that's nintendo right it's yeah it's super bonkers it's um frustrating it was it i I don't well here's the thing is like i don't know i i feel like the people that would would use all of these things it's almost like you wouldn't really, there are just easier options. You know, like I think the three of us, if we were like, Hey, we want to play uh Mario Kart together. We would get take out. Our, yeah. We would get on discord or Skype or whatever. Yeah. And that would be how we would do it. So it's like, it, it's kind of, it's kind of as though Nintendo was saying, if you want it, we have an option. We didn't really think it through. It's pretty bad, uh, <laughs> but it's here. Um, but we're, we're not kidding ourselves. You're probably going to use Skype for, for chat. Isn't this also how all of your theoretical achievements or friends list tracking or all that stuff is going to work on this thing too? I mean, if you want to jump into a game of arms or, you know, whatever, uh, Splatoon and you don't want to play with your friends, you still have to use, you have to use this app, right? There's no way to match make with other randos. Yeah. I guess I'm one of those people. Uh, I think so. I wasn't sure like how that worked because like if Mario Kart and Splatoon and Arms would go behind a paywall, it said it handles matchmaking. They said that it'll handle matchmaking. I think they. I think after in 2018 when this launches, they go behind a paywall. Yes, just like on Xbox or or on PlayStation. Man, this is so so bizarre. Uh, Miss Chicken Dance says in the chat, it's 2017, right? I mean, like it's one thing. If if it were two thousand two thousand one in Nintendo, I'd be like, uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but Xbox, like, I Halo Two was simpler to <laughs> to yeah. play on the OG Xbox Online. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I kind, okay, I kind of get the phone thing. Uh, you know, maybe keeping costs down for the console. They didn't have headsets that plugged in. They, they don't have like headphone jacks and all of the headsets because you might have Joy Cons. So having those with the cable coming out of it would be weird for playing arms with motion control. They didn't want to commit to just a Bluetooth. Maybe that would be interference with their wireless. Like, so I get kind of some of that stuff, but man, I mean, if you have your phone, do you know what? I, I would just call you, Anthony. Like, we could just have a phone call. It's, it's mind-boggling so as I hit my nose on the mic. So QWERTYMAN14 in the chat says, I don't think matchmaking is going to be on the phone only. ARMS and Mario Kart 8 already have matchmaking in their, you know, in the game. I, I, I think that's correct. I, I mean, maybe I misspoke by saying matchmaking, but I think sort of like the structure in the way that your friends list and all that stuff works on the other systems, I think that is all going to be handled by the app. Like there's no... There's no service on the Switch itself that handles any of that stuff. That's all done through this other thing on a completely different device. But will I have to pay to play online? Like, I've had these games, you know, ARMS, 
uh, Splatoon 2 and Mario Kart for about a year, at least six months, and I've been playing them for free. When the service turns on, will it say like I go to say online and arms, and it'll be like, uh, you know, join the Nintendo Online Club, just yeah. twenty bucks. Yes, it will. I, I mean, I guess it is kind of confusing, but they definitely said I. I remember specifically at some point, I think it was Reggie was like this app that we're making. It's going to handle your lobbies, your matchmaking, your voice chat. So maybe it's something that's like it's on the system, you know, now, but when it goes behind the paywall, maybe it, it goes away from the system or maybe it's something different. It's, you know, you can just do like open matchmaking. I don't know. But yeah, they, they suggested that that app was going to handle all of your online connectivity. Well, we joke, you know, oh. we always joke about how bad Nintendo is at online and it's like they really want that joke to continue. <laughs> you know, they really are reinforcing that. Obviously, it remains to be seen. 2018 is when it officially rolls out. Maybe it'll improve between now and then, but it's certainly I, – I, the only silver lining here is that it's going to be less expensive than it could have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian, well, how about I you? You got, a, you got a story of the week? Uh, there's not tons going on. That definitely is the biggest story of the week is that, is that Nintendo thing. Um, I did want to mention the trailer for, cause we'll be doing E3 predictions later. And I think a lot of that stuff has come out. <laughs> We've right. seen a lot of it And the latest is, um, the fast and the furious video game. It's finally last year. It was just kind of a free demo of Forza horizon two. And this year EA, I guess bought the license and they're doing a full on branded official, licensed fast and the furious no, that's video called, game. Uh, that's called need for speed christian that's a uh, that's not need, uh, that's not fast and the furious at all it's need for speed, need for speed wait for wait speed. I, I saw the trailer but i just skipped past the part where it said the name and i was like no 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 this is definitely fast no there's and no furious. there's no vin diesel there's no but the there's rock. family all over the place there's no there's crew crew oh. is everything not family <laughs> crew family means bupkis in the need for speed world it's all about your crew but that's a ubisoft game i don't understand no that's the crew too which we'll be talking about <laughs> At E3. <laughs> but in the crew, too, it's all about family. Oh, got it. Yeah, Need for Speed Payback is coming November 10th. And the trailer they released for it is very single-player oriented, which they've toyed with before. The run certainly leaned that way. And I'm not opposed to having a, a strong single-player campaign to pull me through the types of races. But it definitely felt like... Um, I love the Fast and the Furious franchise. I feel like what I love about it is that it's a B-movie that takes itself very seriously. And to me, Need for Speed Payback felt like a B-movie that didn't know it was a B-movie. <laughs> right. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested, but I'm also, you know, I've got one hand on the emergency brake should I need it. it I mean, I you know, you're the big racing fan uh, among us. Uh, and I this is the kind of racing experience that I get into, right? There's a lot of crashes in the trailer. Look like cool crashes and chases are cool. Uh, I've had some fun with the need for speed games in the past. This isn't the kind of thing that's going to blow my skirt up, but you know, of these kinds of games, it's much closer to the kinds of things that I do like. And I'm going to be playing this at, at E3. Um, I have an appointment for this game, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I it looks good. looks cool. What do, what do you think? Uh, Anthony, um, it seems like they're doubling down on the, the kind of like story driven stuff, which I think that's cool. It is kind of cool. I, in the last one, it was like, uh, it was the one that had, it had FMV, right? Or did yes. it not? Yeah. yeah. It had it. So it kind of feels like there was a lot, there was like a small group of people, maybe a large group of people that were like, oh man, this is kind of like old school need for speed. And they're, 
saying, okay, well, let's do better by that because, you know, our racing game is just our racing game. Like they, they really just need to find where they fit because there is, there really is no place for, um, you know, racing games that isn't occupied by Forza or Forza Horizon at this point. Like it kind of seems like you need to find where you fit and maybe they're, they're thinking, okay, we're just going to keep pushing hard into the single player, give us some Fast and Furious flavor and say, hey, this is a single player driven racing game. and We're going to even go even deeper into that stuff. But to be honest, I didn't really like that stuff in Need for Speed. So well, I, I like the ones that had a minimal story. I think that if Injustice 2 or any of the NeverRealm fighting games have proven it's that a great single-player story can get people to play a type of game they might not otherwise play. Like, I know just a handful of my friends that are loving Injustice 2 just because they're such huge comic book fans and they have a PlayStation 4 now and they're, you know, they're playing the multiverse stuff and the single-player story and they're not huge fighting game fans. They, they're not right. worried about their um, uh, cool-down timers or counting frames or whatever they need to do they're just playing this awesome game with these characters they love so i think if need for speed can capture that in a racing game maybe it can do the same thing well yeah and, uh, and maybe I mean, that's batman and superman though like that's different this is Kru- batman has a car uh these guys it's tyler the racer mac the <laughs> yeah. showman yeah and see Jess the wheel man if those <laughs> like aren't if, if those aren't superman batman and wonder woman i don't know who is yeah if it was a licensed fast and furious game which we should mention Forza actually made, uh, you know, like then I would say, okay, yeah, there will be people that will say, I don't really like racing games, but I want to see this like, you know, fast and furious offshoot. But yeah, Tyler, the racer, I don't think, I don't think some guy who doesn't like racing games will go, Oh, I want to follow Tyler, the racer's story. Does Comic-Con Tyler, the racer cosplay. Yeah. Also, also, yeah, nobody really likes race like racing in general like the the appeal of need for speed i think is like you know outrunning the cops and stuff like that but racing uh has in in like other pop culture is now cool heists and stuff so is need for speed going that way are they going to keep going that way is that a is that where we're playing like am i going to be playing a person that's the person that's jumping off the car onto the truck well, I've got a pitch for you. You have three characters, right? And each one of them has a different perspective, but like the world is kind of going at once. And you can actually get these three characters together to do huge bank heists. And they all have to kind of play well together. And one's an older guy and one's like a little wilder guy. And one guy is from like an urban part of the city. And then after the heist, you have to get in your car and drive away. But the kicker about this game is that most of the game is actually spent on foot. And you can pick up shotguns. And you Red can- Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> that's the yeah. one that's the one baby uh, <laughs> i i feel like if you made that game it would flop hard and it would like yeah. not even chart the top 2000 it would, it it would not, be an xbox 360 game it would not yeah. sell 80 million copies <laughs> definitely not um not to uh you know not to uh, jump ahead to my uh, e3 predictions but i will say that i think that at least for ea i think that um single player story narrative in games that don't usually have them is going to be a theme that you're going to see over and over. I think you're going to see, like they did with FIFA and uh, NBA, I think you're going to see that across their sports styles. I think Madden's going to have a, like a, a narrative story mode this year. And I think, I, think you're going to, I think that's going to be a big feature in a lot of their sports titles. And Peggle and Plants for Zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, finally those I, will I have do, stories. I do. I agree with you, Jeff, because I think the 
was it called the journey? Whatever it was called in FIFA actually was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I, I, I think that's kind of cool. When you played as Joey, the footballer, the footballer, right? I forget the kid's name. It was yeah, uh, Tyler. I think this game was going to be pretty Tyler. great. Was it really Tyler? No, it was not Tyler. Uh, it was something much more European, I think. After his football career ended with a broken ankle, he got behind the wheel and things never never were the same. Could 432 in the chat says Madden has story. Do I, d- does it already have story? I just don't know. Uh, I played this year, I but I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't this I mean, this year like was a, like a narrative like of like a like No, you, this year's gimmick was that the 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 announcers were like you know, ever evolving, they were constantly informed by, uh, you know, like what was going on in real NFL. Right. Uh, Gonzalo DC says Alex Hunter is the name of the. All right. Uh, that does not sound. That is good. not. It sounds nope. doofy. Uh, anyway. Um, okay. So my story of the week, uh, you know, it's definitely, you, you guys nailed them. Those, those are the other two stories, but I, this one I wanted to bring up just because, uh, it's crazy and I think it's going to be fun to hear what you guys think about it. Uh, you, you've heard of Twitch plays Pokemon. You've heard of Twitch plays Dark Souls. Uh, Twitch can play a lot of things. It turns out now Twitch is playing the stock market. There is a, uh, web developer type fella who is going by the name of Mike, who has, Invested uh, fifty thousand of his of his U.S. dollars into the United States stock market and is allowing users on Twitch to decide how that money is invested, which stocks to buy, which stocks to sell. He wrote a tiny little algorithm that calculates votes in real time, much like uh, Pokemon or Dark Souls did, where it's if enough people say move move up, the game moves up. If enough people say move, it's kind of just tallying up majority rules. And that's what he's doing here. He's determined it's determining what to buy and what to sell and what to trade based on the majority of the votes that are happening in the chat of a Twitch stream. The Twitch stream itself is just showing you the real-time stock information. So we put in 50K of his dollars. He has a, a kill switch set to go off if it drops below 25K. So he's not risking the full 50, but he's risking $25,000, which is no, nothing to sneeze at. And you. I'm yeah, sorry, what? No, you nothing to sneeze at. Oh, got it. And uh he's you know, at this as of this moment, it's been going on, I don't know, a few days now. As of this moment, I'm looking at uh well, it's, stocks are closed right now. So, uh last time they were streaming, it's about up about 700 bucks. So, Twitch has actually made him some money. He said he expected Twitch to lose him his money very, very fast, but he thought it would be a fun social experiment and has been heartened to see that people are actually taking it seriously and it is – it's not making him millions. He's not becoming a – you know, it's not doubling. Well, but let's be, let's be clear. He already is that, right? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean if you have this kind of money. If you're, if you're doing this on Twitch, you're, you're clearly but already doing – if you're aware – I mean maybe the 25K – if this thing really takes off, you might make well more than that in ads. Who knows? You know, I think the it, – it is an investment on a number of levels. Let's put it that way. Um I just think it's kind of fascinating that he's kind of trusting the group think, right? The power of the, the group mind. And so far, they're doing all right. Like it's up 700 bucks. So that's pretty good. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to be honest, I, I would have expected knowing how, you know, Twitch plays Pokemon, Twitch plays Dark Souls turned out 
at the beginning and how, you know, present company notwithstanding, how Twitch can kind of get in certain circumstances, I would expect them to band together and be like, we are going to take all of this guy's money and set fire to it as quickly as possible. Right. So, yeah, the fact that they're actually, um, you know, buying into it and, and wanting to be successful at it is is pretty awesome, I think. What about you, Christian? It, it's it's interesting. I um I think there's better uses for that money to be spent to do more good in the world, but it's not it's not my money, and I'm not this person. So I I think it's interesting, but ultimately pointless. Do you, do you guys think that he's end up gonna gonna end up losing money here? That's a safe um, bet. No, right? oh, I, I really? actually I actually don't think he will because I think. People that tend to stick with gimmicky streams like this tend to be actually invested in the actual what, whatever the person is doing. Because Twitch plays Pokemon when it first came out, everybody was like, "Yeah, we want to send you know Pokemon in a circle. We want to release all the good ones." But then they did all of the Pokemon games, and people stuck with it and were like, "We want to beat these games." So I think yeah, the novelty will wear off, and there will be people that will say like, "Look, I want to. I know I can't ever." play around or i guess play around is a weird way of phrasing it but you know i can't ever use this much money on a stock market and i want to just do it i want to like you know get together with like-minded people and discuss this stuff and i think i think once the novelty wears off i think this guy could actually make even more money because he would essentially have people that maybe are you know interested in this industry or this you know job and want to do this professionally practicing and and doing things like that for him i think it'd be i think it's interesting to note that uh of the of the the user base of twitch i would guess more people are experts at pokemon than are experts at the stock yeah. market so i i i'm wondering uh it's interesting to me that they seem to be doing okay here because i feel like yeah i mean everybody kind of knows how to play pokemon and beat pokemon but very few people know anything about the stock market. Yeah. Uh, so I find it, find it fascinating. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I would be, I would be surprised if in the long run he makes money, but so far he's up. He's up. Yeah. It's better than you get at uh, Vegas. That's for sure. I think the interesting, perhaps another layer of an interesting social experiment would be if at the end he said it was all fake. Cause there's that thing where you're like, you're playing poker with your friends and it's like, it's not the same. It's right. like a quarter game. It's not the same as a $10 game. It's not the same as a... And so I think it'd be interesting how that shift would happen if it was like, no, this isn't real. It does Wasn't very much fun? seem like that could be the case. I, I wonder if there's any way to verify it uh, or if he has. I, I generally... I'm sure he... Ha- I, I haven't... Yeah, I haven't looked into it, but, you know, I, it's, I think that's the interesting part of our psychology that people are spending time doing this, where if I set up a fake version of this and I said it's fake, you know, people wouldn't care, but it ultimately affects them the same. Well, if you were to set up a version of that, Christian, or any version of anything or any real project, any next move that you want to make, I think you should do it with our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace is the best way to create any online version of anything. It is the place to make your next move, your next website. And let's face it, anything you do, any next move that you're going to make in your life probably is going to require some sort of online presence. Why not make a beautiful website with Squarespace? It's the easiest tool to create the coolest thing on the web. I use it. My own website, jeffcanada.com, has been built on Squarespace and has been housed on Squarespace for a long, long time now, and I couldn't be happier. Squarespace is something I recommend to my friends because it's so easy to use. It's all drag and drop. What you see is what you get. You start with award-winning templates, and then you make them your own in the easiest possible way. You just drag stuff around and make the site that you want to make. 
and it's an all-in-one platform. There's nothing to install. You just go online and you create it and there's no patch. There's no upgrade, nothing ever. They have award-winning 24-7 customer service. So if you ever have any questions, they are easy to, it's easy to get your question answered when you need it answered. And they have a fully transparent and simple to set up unique domain experience, flexible for any kind of website. Creatives, business people, musicians, designers, artists, anything you might need, Squarespace is the place to go. And the best part is, because you listen to our show, we're going to give you 10% off your order. All you got to do is go to squarespace.com slash DLC. And when you check out, use the promo code Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E. And then you'll get 10% off your order. You'll know, or they'll know that you heard it here. And that helps us out as well. So don't forget to use that promo code Jeff sent me when you go to squarespace.com slash DLC and make your next move. Anthony, you've been playing that Tekken 7. I've been playing that Tekken 7, yes. I want to hear about that Tekken 7. I'm I'm curious. I got me a good fighting game right now. I'm still playing Injustice 2, but uh I'm I'm Tekken curious. Um I'm I will preface this by saying that I'm not a big fighting game player. Um I I play fighting games casually. I prefer the ones where I can kind of get some story, and I did play through Injustice 2, really enjoyed that story and and I heard that, you know, Tekken Seven was was doing some cool things with stories. So I, yeah, I, I played through Tekken Seven. Game is gorgeous. Uh, I think it plays really well. It plays exactly like I remember Tekken. I think the story is is pretty decent in that kind of crazy Tekken, you know, uh, devil DNA weirdness. Um, it, it it's a solid game. I, I think it does have some some technical problems for people that are playing professional and stuff. But I really, you know, like with frame rates and and things like that and input lag I, i'm not i'm not you know smart enough about fighting games to know that stuff i do a lot of mashing uh, i'm i'm not ashamed to admit but i think it's a solid fighting game i think the story mode is is pretty good and i think it looks really really cool it has a lot of cool particle effects and and flashy things going on uh, so good story and looks great now i just played a fighting game that has a good story and is amazing looking. How does it compare to Injustice 2, in your opinion? Um, I would say, uh, based on, you know, the, comparing the two, Injustice is more about those kind of, like, flashy, I'm going to trap an, uh, an opponent in, like, a 15-hit combo after practicing. And Tekken is a more, uh, it seems, like, technical. Like, I'm going to get a few hits in and then kind of block and wait for my opening. It's not... Mm. There isn't as much of like, you know, using these overhead bounces like in Injustice or hitting people against the wall or getting people in the air and keeping them in the air and and resetting them as much. It kind of feels a lot more uh, like a street fighter in that way. It, you know, there are those opportunities, but it's more getting getting your hits in and then kind of uh, going on defense. Uh, I, Injustice, I think, is flashier and cooler. And if somebody was watching it uh would be more interested, obviously, because DC, but just in general, it, it, it's a flashier-looking combo s system. Um, but I think Tekken is still ha has a lot of cool things going on as far as cool characters, and, and there are interesting moves. There's Akuma in it, so if you are a Street Fighter fan, you can 
see him him going toe to toe with some of your favorite Tekken characters. Uh, like Tyler, Street- Tyler the Fighter. Is that a Tekken guy or is that Tyler the Fighter? Did that did that Street Fighter Cross Tekken ever come out? Street Fighter Cross Tekken did. Tekken Cross Street Fighter yes, has yeah. not. Oh. Yeah, Tekken Cross Street right. Fighter. How could I be confused? <laughs> How could I possibly have been confused by that? Well, I think it's, I think that was super cool and ambitious. And I think that uh, the little bit of Tekken Seven that I've seen people play and watching Akuma in the world, it, it makes me want that Tekken Cross Street Fighter because the other one. I mean, it's it's. I think it's neat the way they're going to do both with the idea of we'll take these yeah. characters and put them in the other game and yeah. just kind of see how they do. And I think Akuma has shown that. You know, he can work in that engine, and it's interesting when you just watch someone sidestep a barrage of fireballs and then go in close and just pummel him. It's like, oh, wow, yeah, Akuma's in the game, but you got to learn how to play him totally differently. Yeah. Hmm. And so delivery of story in, – in, I'm sorry to compare these two. I just – I find it hard to believe that anybody can be doing it better than Injustice 2, and anybody can make it look better. I feel like Injustice 2 is so gorgeous and uh, yeah, narrative I, is so awesome. I don't know. It, it's it's I would say that the the quote unquote cutscenes um are not as um you know gorgeous overall it de- it definitely has still kind of that that Tekken design style whereas Injustice was really going for almost a kind of photorealistic um, depiction of the characters I will say to Tekken's credit something that I think it does do better in in that sense than Injustice is there are times where two characters are facing each other. And one is about to hit the other one, and you're let's say you're controlling the one who is about to hit the other one. The second that hit lands, it switches to control, and you can finish punching that person. You know, it it, it jumps you into the fight super quickly. It it doesn't have that. Injustice kind of has that like, okay, we're having a discussion. Okay, now we're gonna fight. Right. Now the camera's gonna center. This kind of it it snaps into the fights uh, in, in a lot of cases. Yeah, a lot more seamlessly. Interesting. That's that's kind of cool. Um, that's interesting. Uh, all right, let's uh let's talk about Friday the Thirteenth. Um, because both of you guys are playing that game still. Um, not still. I'm saying still for Christian, but uh, yeah, sorry. Hold on. Oh, crap. He got me. He just got me. Is that how it happens? I was still playing. Sorry. <laughs> You're still. You've been playing the same match since we last left last week. Well, I was waiting to get into my second match. Is what I've. <laughs> <laughs> you've been in the lobby. You've been looking for the keys to the four seater. Oh, dude! This whole don't, week. don't even get me started. I would actually like to get you started. That's the whole point of what... Have you played it, Jeff? I haven't yet, no. Okay, okay. Anthony, you go ahead first, because I talked about it last week. I want to hear... I've been playing it every day since it came out. Actually, Because you love it? I really do kind of love it. That's great. Okay, here's what I'll say. This is what a lot of people that have watched me play it um, when I have streamed it online have said, you know, what do you think about it? And I think that it is... Definitely has that Kickstarter game budget title feel to it. There is plenty of jank, lots of glitches, some that are even like, you know, beyond the normal, you know, there are, there are like collision issues and, you know, the hair blowing in the wind looks bad and things like that. But then there's obviously the, the server load and, and over time having played it from the day it came out when the servers were getting hammered and it it took in anywhere from five to 15 minutes to get into a match. It, it seems like they've gotten worse, at least for console, because we're still waiting on a patch. I know PC uh, is a little better. But getting into a game and playing it, no matter if you're Jason or a counselor, and not ha- and as long as you, know, you don't get disconnected or whatever, it's goofy fun in a way that I have not had in a long, long time. 
it just it always makes me laugh it always surprises me um i don't know it's just like i just really really have fun like it's that type of game that you know punishes you and punishes you with all of its jank or problems and you're like oh man this game but then you you want to go back because you want to just play in that experience again it's so weird in in the chat room w matthew says it's bad jank whereas uh um player unknowns battlegrounds Battlegrounds has good jank sure yeah i mean it it's it's but it's also funny jank like i play as jason and i have bought a kill where you punch through a character's chest just all the way through and it shows the camera through his chest and then when you walk away sometimes there's a glitch where the guy's just hovering there with a hole in his chest and yes that's jank and yes that's a problem and yes that's bad but it's also really funny or right. you you not you know, hurting Jason, the game any yeah you punch somebody's head off there's a kill where you punch somebody's head off and sometimes the body just goes flying for no reason, you know. But what it's, about the arm wall that doesn't open? That doesn't give you an open prompt when you're Jason and the last counselor's hiding in there, or when a shrub that you walk through as a counselor stops a four seater car and you all get killed. Like you can describe some of the funny glitches that I would call Bethesda, you know, lulls. But the game has its other share of problems that are not Ubisoft inducing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like those those have been very minimal for me. Even the ones that where I like, it, it's honestly like I don't. I'm not playing it competitively. Like getting killed. There are times where I actually have fun sacrificing myself. I put on on my stream. I put on the Friday or not Friday, the Home Alone music, and I try and keep Jason as occupied as long as I can with traps and pocket knives and stuff to try and help my other teammates get free. I say, look, guys, I'm gonna Kevin McAllister right now, and I'm gonna get in this house and I'm going to keep Jason occupied and I'm going to die and I'm not going to escape. But that even that's fun to me. So you know? are you playing mostly with randos or with, with your friends? Uh, both. Okay. I I'm so glad you're on the show and they're having these experiences. Cause I feel like we're having similar experiences, but I've walked away. I'm, I'm not going to play the game again. Like I have no desire to do it. And I think you found the fun but like, let's think of a different analogy. Like you're going, you went to the basketball court, but you guys are, you're playing handball and you're loving it. I'm Draymond Green. Sure. You're not. You're, okay. You're great. We got Draymond Green. Uh, you're thanks. <laughs> thanks for that, Jeff. That helps. Uh, <laughs> and now I need, I have two more people before I get to pick for my team. Uh-huh. I mean, I think there is fun to be had, but I think in the game they made, like I had more fun. I went on the times when I died first as a counselor and I would spectate and I would do commentary because you can like yeah. pivot your camera around. You can be like, oh, dude, oh, dude, oh, dude, Jason right behind you, Jason right behind you. Jason. Wah, wah. And like, that's fun. But playing the actual quote unquote game, the way it's meant to be played, I just find the, the gameplay loop to be inherently boring where you're either walking too slow or you don't know where Jason is or you're glitching around somewhere. Um, it's, it's tough because I love the core idea of the game, but when I try to play the game by its rules and the rules that the game is rewarding me with, like getting XP for winning a match or for doing the things I need to do, I find that stuff to be incredibly boring where it just doesn't, the fun doesn't happen. The moments of fun aren't there long enough, but all the other stuff like you described, like being Kevin McAllister or spectating or, you know, just being silly. I think that's why it's a super streamable game. But I think as, as the game that they were setting out to make, I think it's a miss. Cause I don't think they set out to make that game. It's if they did, you get an achievement like home alone. Sure. 
I I feel like I I don't know. I I feel like the game that they were trying to deliver is is what is what we got. Yes, it's limited in a lot of ways, but um, I think you know in some ways there was some you know limitations based on just what they wanted to achieve when they I guess wanted to get the game out this and that. But yeah, I I don't know. Like I I honestly, if somebody said to me today should I buy this game? I would say no because of a lot of the matchmaking problems and stuff like that. But if the matchmaking problems weren't an issue, none of the jank for me really, I don't know. It just doesn't detract. And I would say no, but watch Anthony's streams. Like that's a better use of your time. In the chat, grandpa 38 says, I've watched many of Anthony's streams and his Friday the 13th are some of the funniest ever. So Anthony, your grandpa loves them. He does. My grandpa. Thanks, grandpa. Uh, I don't know how you're in Twitch chat. I don't know if there's some sort of metaphysical Twitch chat scenario. I don't know what extension or plugin you have installed, but please tell me off stream. Send me a DM. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I hear all of your criticisms and I I don't think they're wrong uh, necessarily, but I just, yeah, jumping into a game, going through houses, looking for... Uh, you know, you get a pocket knife and then you're, you're, you know, that you at least get one potential escape from Jason or happening upon the fuse and calling the police quickly. I don't know. I'm still having those experiences of like, this feels different. I don't feel like I'm doing exactly the same thing. Um, That's awesome. yeah. I don't, I like it a lot. I have one more thing I need to say about Friday the 13th. Okay. Last, I have a major correction to make. Uh, last week, we talked at length about Friday the 13th. And Christian, you were speaking very highly about Jason X, the mm-hmm. movie. And I said, I'm ashamed to say I have not seen Jason X. And I got a bunch of emails and tweets and texts uh, from people, not the least of which was Dan Trachtenberg. Friend of the show, Dan Trachtenberg, uh, big time Hollywood director, Dan Trachtenberg, who told me not only have I seen Jason X, but I have reviewed Jason X (laughs) and there is video online of me reviewing Jason X (laughs) that is readily available to all. Did you love it? Did you watch? Did you get your opinion? I didn't go back and find out what my opinion was, but I did have an existential crisis uh, realizing how fallible the memory is. I couldn't tell you a single moment from from Jason X, but I clearly watched oh, it closely enough to review it. On oh, a the truth is that Chris doesn't tone. even watch or play things before he reviews them. <laughs> Jason X, it's a seven out of ten. Thing I want to thank our sponsor today, Jason X. It's just so sad to think that I literally have no memory of that. Isn't that that's nuts? That is bonkers, bonkers. Anyway, uh, my word of the day. Um, hey, I'm Dory. What's your name? I don't get the reference. Really. Dora the Explorer. Remember? Oh, Dory. Oh, Dory. Oh, I think he said Dora. Uh, I, well, well, guys, uh, I hope you like Anthony because he is going to be the new regular co-host yeah, of this it's, show. It's Boom, I've been upgraded to Clay Thompson. Let's go. <laughs> two Pete. Two Pete. Christian, do you want to bring up any other stuff that you've been playing? I want to talk about Injustice 2 just a little bit. I spent more time with it. Uh, I have not quite finished the campaign, but I am still loving it. The story is so good. It's It's now probably... My second favorite uh, DC so- cinematic story out there right now that you can experience. Um, after I, what? After Wonder Woman. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. 
Um, the Watchtower or Watchtower multiverse stuff is a really cool way because of the tower, the way that Never Realm has kind of expanded on this stuff. And also, when there is crow to be eaten, even though I am a vegetarian, I will eat crow or remove my own foot from my mouth. Um, the last time I talked about Injustice 2, I kind of, I think, was unfairly harsh about its uh, monetization and in terms of like the in-game currencies. I, there are three and the gems for the skins, and I was just very frustrated. I was coming into this game at a point where I felt like I had played a decent amount of it, and I wasn't getting what I wanted. And anytime I see a game that has multiple in-game currencies, and I can buy one of those currencies with real money, and my guard goes up immediately, and I'm just like, forget this game! <laughs> They're trying to rip me! It's, it's cosmetic stuff. I'm still. I still wish I had more of those cool skins, but uh, I was I was unfairly harsh toward Injustice 2's in-game currencies, where I still get befuddled by multiple in-game currencies. But uh, I, I apologize to the powers that be, at, mostly to Superman. Please don't come kill me. Uh, you mean mean Superman? <laughs> Although yeah. it is not just cosmetic. The the well, yeah they have stats and stuff, but yeah right, but not to online play. Uh, and you don't need it to progress through the multiverse stuff. Like, it's not going to fundamentally change what you're trying to do. At least now that's the experience. Maybe I'm wrong again. Yeah, I I would argue it does. Okay, okay. Man, how many weeks are we going to have to have Mia Culpas from you, Christian? (laughs) I was wrong again. I'll have all of them covered. In rank play, it's off by default, but just regular matches, you both have to agree to turn off competitive or turn on competitive mode. Right. And if competitive mode is off by one person, then it's off. And the there are situations where you'll just fight some guy with just better gear. He'll be hitting you for double the amount of damage right. and take half the damage. But you can so back out of those games. It's not I, a yeah, perfect system. Have but you tried sucking less? <laughs> I have tried sucking less. It doesn't work. Yeah, doesn't no, work. I'm not good at that. Yeah, I still don't think it's ideal. I still think it's annoying that Darkseid was locked behind, it, unless you pre-ordered. If you bought the $100 version of the game, you still didn't get him. Multiple different types of currency still fluster me a little bit. But I think playing more of the multiverse stuff, I understand how it's I, – I think that their intent – and I could be wrong again. I think their intent was more to give you hooks to come play more instead of just giving you one currency where you kind of feel like you're all – now you have .05. But with .05, you can unlock these gloves. Now you have one – like – makes it feel more rewarding. Um, and I could be wrong, but the good part is now I've said both sides of the coin. So next week yeah. I can just say, go back two weeks and That's plug good. in that one. Yeah. Good, good job. Yeah. And then I want to talk about uh, overwatch three V three lockout, which is part of the anniversary update. And it is an arcade mode. And it is one of my favorite, I think online versus shooter modes ever. Um, they've been doing 3v3 for a while, but the way Lockout works is you select – it's teams of three, and you select a hero. And then if you win that round, and it's won by um, – it's deathmatch. You kill the other team. If you win that round, you cannot select those same heroes. So your team now has those three heroes locked out, and you need to select new heroes. And it's, for me, been a really cool way to force me to play other characters than I would normally play – and since it's deathmatch, I get to play more aggressive characters and I play in typical Overwatch where I will, you know, be a support character. But like me running as Mercy in 3v3 hasn't been as effective. So I've actually got to spend a lot of time with Reaper where I've become very good at Reaper and Lockout. And it's really cool, I think, how you can see, and certainly other games have done this, but how a game can tweak itself to make it, you know, more interesting and make a player change their play style or experiment with other characters where now I'm more likely to try Reaper in a ranked match than I was before because I just wasn't familiar enough with the character. Um, and I 
I don't know if I'll ever play ranked matches though, because I love I love three v three lockout so much. Anthony, are you still are you still overwatching? Uh, no, I I'm done. And Jeff, you're not <laughs> overwatching either. Yeah, I don't really. I don't. No, it's good, guys. It's good. It's good. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm too busy trying to kill camp counselors. <laughs> Got other things going on. Yeah, but that's it. What about? Are you still dead cells? Dead cellsing, Jeff? I am. I'm still dead cellsing. Um, and and other things. But I, I kind of want to. We got to get to E3 predictions because that's what people signed up for. But I, I want to use my my uh, what I've been playing this week to to just talk about VR stuff. Because that's really what I spent most time on. So let's get right to that. Star Trek Bridge Crew came out this week on all the VR platforms. I'm playing it on Oculus. Anthony, you're playing it as well, right? I am, yeah. I'm playing it on uh, PlayStation VR. Are Are you playing with randos or with your friends? That's my question of the week. (laughs) <laughs> with randos, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't know anyone. Christian, maybe one day, maybe well, we can together. play cross platform, dude. Oh, we can. All right, yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then it's through you. Play, currently, so it's all currently, currently no. But I have had some. Yeah, I've had some some randos, good and bad. Okay. Well, I've exclusively played with people I know, and it is one of the most fun video game experiences that there is. It, it is. I am so in love with this game and I really think it has the potential to be like a VR killer app. And I also think it has the potential to be a roadmap for how to do a very specific kind of VR experience that works in VR and doesn't really work outside of VR. Uh, It is a seated experience. I mean, the idea is, as you might guess from the title, uh, it is trying to give you the experience of being on the bridge of a starship, much like the Enterprise in Star Trek. So if you remember uh, those those shows and films, that there is a division of labor <laughs> on the bridge. It works kind of like a, a battleship in real life or a submarine or something. There's a captain who's I- issuing orders, and there's various systems, various uh, stations that are in charge of very specific parts of the ship. In the game, these are – Excuse me. There are four uh, available: captain, and there is engineering, which is in charge of dividing up how power is distributed through the the ship. So, if if one player wants to do something, they need power from engineering in, in certain allocated certain ways. Uh, there's tactical, which is the the sort of the weapon systems and scanning, and there is helm, which steers the ship and you know goes into warp speed or impulse speed or all those kinds of things. But the brilliant thing about it, and you're you're sitting on the bridge and you're all uh mapped to your avatar. Uh, I'm playing with touch controllers so my arms move and my fingers move and the game lip syncs my voice with my avatar uh when I speak through it, the the headset microphone and we communicate. We're all physically re- in, in you know in the same place in a virtual world um and my station in front of me as I'm seated has a very specific control panel that's different than my friends. And I am only in control of the things I'm in control of. But the brilliant part is that we all have to work in concert to accomplish anything. So it is a wonderful cooperative experience because you have to cooperate. You have to be a team. You have to 
Listen to your captain. The captain has to make decisions. Captain is the only one that sees the mission objectives and knows what needs to be accomplished. And he has to communicate that to his, his team and other or her or her, excuse me. I'm talking about myself. Uh, but, and everybody else on the bridge, uh, including the captain, but everybody in order to accomplish anything needs something from somebody else in order to, uh, you know, in order to um, move to a certain place, I have to have power or in order to target something, I have to have it scanned or everybody is, is working together and the game creates scenarios where the tension rises and it all becomes this wonderful teamwork exercise, team building exercise. Anthony, I'm wondering if your experience is as positive as mine. It is. I, I, I think it's really cool. I think that, um, you know, uh, speaking from the PlayStation VR perspective, it it's one of the I don't know if there are other games that that do this, but it's one of those games where you know you have the VR headset on and you have the the move controllers, and you're in a v- virtual space and you're looking at somebody else that's an avatar, but that's another person, and right. so you're like you know you're doing funny motions at each other, you know you're like doing I don't know air traffic controller stuff or something, yeah, just like dancing. at each other, and you're like we're real. Yeah, you know, like we are here. You are you, and I am me. And I think, yeah, if if you have PlayStation VR, I know there are a lot of games like that available for Vive and Oculus. I've played a few, um, but yeah, this is kind of like that first, and that is uh, already fun. Just like, I, I, yeah, I can't even tell you. We must have spent forty five minutes just sitting in the lobby because there's like a there's like a desk that you all sit around when you're queuing up the game, just making each other laugh because of how joyous an experience it is to just all be in a virtual world with one another. Yeah. And I think uh similar to Friday 13th when things go kind of like a little bit janky, you know, like your arms fold in on themselves, yeah. you know, you can like turn it into like captain, my wrists. Yeah. I'm you know, it, it actually becomes like an even more entertaining thing versus if it was just a single player thing and you were trying to, I don't oh. know, pick up an item off the ground and you couldn't do it. It would be frustrating. And here you can kind of like turn it into its own little dialogue and everybody's laughing. I got a million little stories. There, there's a, there was a moment where my buddy's dog started barking and of course the lip syncing, lip sync to the dog bark. And so his, we all started rolling on the ground because his avatar, his avatar started barking like a dog. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, awesome. your friend has to go, somebody knocks on the door and your friend takes off their headset and, of, and their body like turns into this oh, hellscape of a mannequin that just lost its brains. Uh, it's so funny. But is the game. Oh, sorry. I was just about to get to that. But you ask your question. I was going to ask if it's beatable or is it just multiplayer experiences where you complete a round or is there a story that you are Both. progressing through? Both. There are two modes. There's a, a fairly lengthy campaign mode that takes you through the story of of trying to find uh, a, a settled, settleable planet for the Vulcans. Um, and those story missions are pretty cool. Like a lot of them are built as challenges. So uh, you are tasked with, for example um, – you know, trying to get as many people out of – so there's a, there's this star that's going supernova, right? And it's going to kill everything in the sector. And you arrive there and the people that were on the ship had gotten into their escape pods and they're out scattered around the sector in escape pods. And each escape pod has like six people in it. And this star is about to go supernova. So you're trying to get as many of the people 
beamed aboard your ship from their escape pod as possible before this thing goes supernova. Because when this thing goes supernova, they're going to die and you will die if you're there. So you have to warp out. Well, what happens is you arrive at the first uh, escape pod. You scan it. You see there are six people on board. You take down your shields because you have to have your shields down in order to beam somebody aboard. You start scanning and, and locking on to, to transport them onto your ship. And all of a sudden, a Klingon warbird uncloaks. And now you're in this crazy situation where it's like, do we keep our shields down and try to get these people on board? Or do we engage in this fight? This warbird's about to, to, to shoot us out of the sky. Or everybody is now amped up and you're like, okay, evasive maneuvers and, you know, I need to scan there and uh, fire photon torpedoes when when ready. Engineering, can you jam their shields? It's like the exactly what you want out of that situation. Like a crisis breaks out. Everybody's like on their toes. You start talking in the way that they do in the TV show where it's like, I'm ready, Captain. You know, it's so rad, man. It is such an extremely fun experience. I love this game. That's awesome. I think you are going to try to prove one of your own predictions ready for, right, for a VR could have a game of the year contender. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I keep thinking that this is a wonderful template for how to do cooperative VR. Like this, this game works. It is slow paced. What you're doing is not Twitch based. It's, it is methodical it is basically all you're doing in the game is like moving switches and and tapping buttons but it is so thrilling and so fun because of the social and the social works a million times better because you feel like you're all in the same physical space with one another and i'd love a palette so i mean i like star trek but i'm not a trekkie but if you told me that it was uh thrawn vr and i'm on the i'm on a star destroyer and someone's playing thrawn and everybody else is <laughs> right filling out that that battle station i'd be so on board a- anthony do you have anything else you want to say about uh, star no it, it's i i think it's i think it's really cool i think that it is um there are there are things about games where you, you know you you're very interactive you're doing certain things but this is one of those games where it's like this is the power and the creativity of games to do something completely different and keep me entertained in a completely different unexpected way um yeah. and yeah it you know just kind of proves like gaming is always going to keep evolving obviously there are games like this some people have mentioned a game in chat artemis um, yeah yeah um, but yeah, just for me, I've never experienced anything like this, this specific thing. And, and I, it's so fun. Yeah, it really, I have played Artemis. Uh, I think I played it at PAX one year and it's super cool. It's, it's a game, it's a location based game where you, it's like you use a bunch of iPads and then like a big projection screen to create basically the same kind of thing, a Star Trek bridge. Mm. But as cool as that is, and as cool as it is to like be in a physical place and actually touch, you know, iPads. This game does it better because you have – everybody looks like Star Trek. You feel like you're on the bridge and, and it, it just – the virtual reality allows for much more insane, cool stuff to happen. It's it's awesome. Yeah. I have an, I have an idea that they should take some of the concepts of Batman and, and do a like detective Star Trek bridge crew hybrid of like your four detectives at a crime scene. Well, one of the things awesome. I talked about on Newest, Latest, Best today – is and I'm kind of hoping this is announced at E3 because I think there's a possibility of it. 
Uh, I want there to be a Ghostbusters VR game that works Ooh, like this. That would be great. Where one person has to be in charge of the trap, another two people have to like hold the ghost, and it's not a shooter in in the sense of like it being a big kinetic, you know, Farpoint style shooter. It's much more like what that first Ghostbusters movie was, which is slow, methodical teamwork. It requires teamwork, and I think that can be this wonderful new style of game that VR enables. Yeah, that would be cool. All right, so. We've talked about everything else. Let's get to the E3 predictions. But first, I do want to thank our second sponsor. I'm going to be at E3 next week. And I can tell you from experience, E3 is a sweaty, stinky place. And this year, it'll be even be sweatier and stinkier because there's going to be 7,000 more people there. I'm telling you right now, I am going to be reaching first and foremost for my Mac Weldon undergarments uh, because I don't want to be one of the sweaty, stinky throng. I don't want to be contributing to the stench of E3. And I can tell you, Mac Weldon will help me in that way. It'll make me feel comfortable. It'll make me feel good. And it'll be, it's antimicrobial. Mac Weldon creates high quality undergarments and basics, underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants. These are very comfortable using high quality materials and they're naturally antimicrobial. They're silver underwear and shirts. Eliminate odor. And that is so important at E3. I wish I could just magically have Mac Weldon's on all of the people that are walking around the And I'm going to be checking. I'm going to, every day, follow me on Twitter. I'm going to be taking a picture of Jeff's underwear. Yeah. And we're going to make sure that he's not adding to the stank. Because him and I, we have one job to do. He Cover games? No. It's to get rid of the stank at E3. Yeah, that's our Every day we'll do an undies check. Yeah, I will be wearing my Mac Weldon's every day of E3. You can just bet on that. And I think you should too. You you should improve your life. If, even if you don't have an E3 to go to, why not be more comfortable? Why not wear higher quality undergarments? Everybody thinks about those last and you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You should think about those first because they're the things that's closest to your body and will probably have the biggest impact on how you feel throughout your day. Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts, they look good, they perform well, and guess what? We're going to give you 20% off your first purchase at MacWeldon.com. All you got to do is go to MacWeldon.com, that's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, and use promo code DLC when you check out to get your 20% off. Make it so your butt don't stink, and make it so you feel much better. MacWeldon.com. Promo code DLC. All right, we've waited long enough. It's that time. It's that time of the year. Twenty seventeen edition. Ow! We should say right at the top. Thank you so much to Sean Madigan for you know all the bumpers that we do, but in particular this time of year. This is my favorite bumper. So this it's such a treat to be able to play the E3 Hype Train bumper, but thanks to Sean Madigan for making that bumper and helping us all get hyped every year. Let's start things off. Anthony, you are the guest. So um, where would you like to start? What is your most anticipated? We'll start with things we know, the known knowns, and then we'll get to the unknown unknowns. Okay. Um, uh, what what are you most looking forward to at E3? What is a, a game or two that you are excited to see more of? What are, what are you hoping for? What what, what you okay, think? Well, Destiny Two doesn't count. So 
Right. Destiny 2, we, we already had pre-E3. It will pro- it will be at the show, yes. but it will probably be uh, kind of just showing the stuff we already know about. Um, so I don't think it's going to make yeah. too Destiny- much of a splash. Um, of the known things that uh, – assuming, you know – these the, these things are going to be at E3. There's always, you know, the questions uh, of whether or not they're going to be there. But of the known quantities, I think it's pretty safe to say that there's going to be another God of War demo um, at E3. They're putting up a giant – if they haven't finished, it's like a building size, you know, mural yeah. of Kratos. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of God of War. And I am really looking forward to seeing what the new Assassin's Creed looks like. I think those are the two that I'm most looking forward to. So, Christian, do you think uh, – what do you think the odds of God of War being our game of show are? Pretty pretty, pretty even money? If it's hands-on, I think it's extremely high money. I think there's always a chance that something unknown could come in and blow us away. Um, but I think for for me, for what's known right now – it's Spider-Man or God of War. And again, mm. if, if those are hands-on or if I'm, I'm not even – I don't even need to get my hands on. If I can sit over someone's shoulder for 30 minutes and – you know what I mean? Like it needs to be yeah. actually playable, not a guy like, I'm in another room, Bill. <laughs> Start it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then well, I think we can consider it. But ooh, depending on I mean, what they show, even that might be enough for me to get my vote. Uh, yeah, if, yeah. if these are as impressive as I'm expecting them to be, I agree with you. God of War and Spider-Man tops on my list. Those are both Sony exclusives, so uh, I guess we're a little slanted that way. But I mean, there's plenty to be excited about. And we'll we'll cover lots of things. But uh, God of War, I think, has the potential to be something very, very special based on what they showed last year. I would be very surprised if it's a 2017 game. I think we will likely get a 2018 uh, release date announcement at E3. January 20th, 2018. Why 20th? I don't know. It sounded good. All right. I think it's going to live in that Horizon Zero Dawn Yeah, place. I, I February agree with Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they're going to go for that. Yeah, it certainly worked well for Horizon Zero Dawn. It sold, sold great. Yeah. So uh, I, I have a feeling that's what will happen. So it won't be a, a this year game in, in my estimation. I kind of feel like Spider-Man won't be in a this year game either. Although- Dude, how bad is Far Cry 5 going to feel when God of War is like, this is my date? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I know, right? Oh, oh man. Poor it Far Cry happen. 5. It totally happened. Um, I am definitely very excited to see more Spider-Man. We, we really don't know anything about that game. Insomniac is one of my favorite developers I just think the marriage of that IP with that developer is so perfect. I just trust them so inherently with that idea, with with making Spider-Man a great game. I want that game to just blow my doors off. Um, very excited to see Spider-Man. Um, some of the of the games we know about, um, we know about Star Wars Battlefront Two. I think uh, that game has the potential to to be something really special um, with this single player campaign that that you know we all know exists now. I think they're probably going to show a lot more of that. Um, one of my predictions actually is that uh, there will be a full VR mode for Star Wars Battlefront Two. I think that Ooh. I think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a, a robust space combat VR mode uh, for for. Um, playstation vr and i certainly hope that happens i think that would be a really really cool thing um but are you guys excited for that game battlefront yeah Uh, i enjoyed the first one um i don't think there are are that many third person multiplayer shooters that kind of uh offer 
not necessarily the Star Wars-ness, but I just like mechanically what Battlefront offers of like the kind of you can peek around corners, you know, you can kind of cheat and, and have have those types of gun battles. I, it just kind of it it scratched an itch for me that not not many games have in a long time. And then it has Star Wars, all the Star Wars stuff. But I, I really like it just as a third person shooter. Yeah. I mean, I think the campaign for me is what is most exciting to, to play through a story with those graphics in that universe. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be good. I'm curious to see how campaign, like how much story do we get? Obviously there's a story and they're, they're touting it as such, but it's tough, right? Because you don't want to cut off the toe of your single, like they're, they're making a sure. huge single player star Wars game also. So if this thing comes out and kind of scratches that itch, is that, does that help sell that next game? Does it hurt? Is this kind of, are people going to expect multiplayer from, from that game? It's an interesting, I think a good problem to have, but an interesting problem that EA has with the Star Wars license where fans want everything, right? Like you're, yeah. you're never happy because it's like, this was great, but imagine how much better it could be if it had this. Right. I think it'll be interesting. Um, Let's talk about some of the, you know, the other um, publisher. I, Microsoft, of course, has a lot uh, of writing on this E3 with the rollout of Project Scorpio or whatever that's going to be called in its final version. Uh, there were some leaked screenshots of 4K games um, this week that, eh, whatever, didn't show much. But I think they're having a big coming out party. We know State of Decay 2 will be there, uh, which excites a lot of people. Um, I'm hoping we see Crackdown 3 in a, in a real yeah. sense. I feel like Crackdown 3 has to be their launch game, at least one of their launch games. I I hope so. I it hope it is is everything I have dreamed about. I that first Crackdown, the traversal, just gathering orbs and being awesome, it, it's so fun. And doing that, I think even prettier and on a bigger scale, I think is just I'm just so curious how they sell that, right? Cuz Crackdown 3 is the type of game that could just be so amazing on Scorpio, but then they're also I also have to be able to play it on my Xbox Xbox One doorstop, and I'm just so yeah. curious how they sell me this beautiful incredible game with real-time environmental destruction and all this awesome stuff that's going on, and then I click on the version that I'll be playing and it's just like doot do, 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 do. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, I'm really curious how Microsoft balances that. Cause I think Sony to uh, their detriment to some extent has kind of given up on it. Like every game says it's better on PS4 pro, but, <laughs> yeah. but few are, and they're not really helping developers with that. So I'm really, really curious how Microsoft handles that with an even bigger Delta between their systems. Don't talk about it. Just say <laughs> here's score. Here's crackdown three running on Scorpio. Yeah. And don't say anything until after E3 is over. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't run on the old one. Sorry. We were like, Oops. Um, well, they did say that whole cloud computing thing, you know, for the destruction. So maybe they could say like, yeah, X Xbox One version will do the cloud computing and that's going to probably be slightly broken. But like on Scorpio, <laughs> it's natively happening and it's woo. I think one of the biggest no-brainers will be a new Forza uh, shown on Scorpio because nothing is – more flashy yeah. and shows how awesome 4k graphics are th than like photorealistic cars right and especially forza 7 because it's such a, a more limited game in terms of what it's delivering it's not an open world they're not trying to do all of this you know traversal types of different environments in one time it's like you're on nuremberg you're on a track and so i right. think they could make i mean it's always it's always car games and i think there's going to be some surefire car porn during the xbox yeah 
But what else, right? I don't think we're going to see a Halo thing. Uh, Halo 6 seems so far yeah. out. Maybe they'll be saying – Yeah, they they said that Halo was not going to be there like in a certain capacity, right? right. But 343 was going to show something, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. It, it was unclear. Yeah. yeah it, 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 it seems like we're going to get a lot of uh, maybe third-party stuff. I, I expect Shadow of War will be part of their press conference because Shadow of War – I believe is a play anywhere title. I think that's what they announced. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, it just got delayed uh, until October, but it is going to be on Scorpio and is going to be play anywhere on Xbox 10 as well. Yeah. So I would, I would expect that'll probably be, you know, one of the games that they'll really hype up as like, you know, attached as a Scorpio game, even though it isn't really a Scorpio game. Um, they yeah, gotta have of- exclusives, right? That I feel Spencer has been talking. He said, I, we, we know we got, we gotta have first party games. They have to have some surprises. Uh, but what? Well, I, I, I'm expecting it to be things we don't know about, like not just not sequels to stuff that we, we know, but new IP. I talked yeah, about this yeah. on newest latest best, but I I would like I remember back in two thousand five when Microsoft came out on stage and were like, we have not one but two role playing game trilogies that are all going to live on the Xbox three hundred and sixty. One of them is called Mass Effect, and the other one is called Two Human. One of them worked, and the other one didn't. But sure. I would love for them to have that kind of level of you know. Do you think that can happen? Time? I, can, I, I, yeah, I don't with the so. November launch or something like either kudos to Microsoft because they have battened down the hatches and it's not a, it's not leaking or I just don't know is the Scorpio going to be their Nintendo Switch like here's the console we got this thing out here's some games that are coming at the end of next year yeah maybe it, it, I mean when you know us who know the industry really well, anybody listening, you know, you have your like little checkbox of like, okay, here are the micro- Microsoft studios that, you know, could be working on something. And you would first, you would go Halo. Okay. Well, Halo's out. They said we're out. And I think they did that because they were like, everybody's going to assume Halo. And when Halo doesn't show up, they're going to yeah. think something's wrong. But then like Quantum Break, I mean, not Quantum Break, Remedy. Are are they ready to do another game that early? Maybe, maybe Supposedly not. Supposedly they're working on a new IP um, that's kind of another uh, action-adventure thing. That that could be a thing. We know Rare is, is working on Sea of Thieves, which I don't think is going to – it's not super impressive, at least yeah. visually. Someone in chat mentioned, mentions Tomb Raider, which was a timed exclusive. That might – the next Tomb Raider might be a – Square Enix. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I could see that. Um, I know I have a meeting to see an unannounced title, so we'll see. Um, I don't know what that means, but um, it, you know, th- there's they've got to come out with stuff. They've got to they've got to deliver on a reason to buy this box other yeah. than it's pretty, and you know. So predictions. Uh, what are we going to get a price announcement for Scorpio? I think definitely, yeah. Date and price. Date and price. Do you think what, what do you what do you guys uh, think the name is going to be? Is it going to be Xbox One uh, Uber? Mm-hmm. What is it going to be called? Is it going to Xbox Spock? One Lift? Um, <laughs> Xbox uh, one. like Xbox One Power. Xbox One Power. I'm yeah. gonna. I'm, so one, I'm done making predictions. Like these predictions don't count because I use all my predictions for getting everything else in the no, year you right. The, you're the Swami. You're the uh, you're the prognosticator of prognosticators. Uh, you gotta- I think Scorpio has so much cachet behind it already that 
as a betting man, I'm giving like Dude. 51% odds that they're going to stick with but Scorpio. So did Project Natal. So did the Dolphin. So the, all those, I know. All I those know. code names are like, well, everybody knows it as that thing. No, a very yeah. small niche of people who listen to our show know about that. Well, the vast majority that, of people already have an S, so that kind of does make Scorpio less likely. But there's already a PlayStation 4 Pro, so they're not going to – maybe Elite, but they already did an Xbox One Elite console uh, I think release that were, had a one-terabyte hard drive. So – I think that if they were smart, they wouldn't call it Xbox One anything. I think it'd yeah. be, it should be called Xbox Scorpio or whatever the thing, the the verbiage is. Should be Xbox Extreme or Xbox uh, 4K. You know, maybe it's called Xbox 4K. Xbox. We have a disc drive. Xbox yeah. Next. Xbox Next would what? be kind of cool, actually. No, it's not. I so, Jeff, what's your what's your one guess? My one guess for what? The name and then the price. I think I think it's called Xbox 4K. And How I much? Think, I think the price is four ninety nine. Anthony, uh, well, I made some guesses on names. I think five ninety nine. Oh, I also I think. You, oh, go ahead. I hope Christian. you're wrong. I hope he's wrong too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I also hope I'm wrong, but. Uh, yeah. I, I I also think, um, and I you know a lot of people are saying this, so it's no big revelation, but I also think it they come out strong for VR and that it it supports Oculus and out of the box it launches with everything that's on the Oculus store right now. So you can literally play everything in the Oculus store day one on, on Scorpio. If you would have talked to me maybe six months ago and I've been talking to Todd Anderson, I would have agreed with you, but Microsoft, I feel like has gone out of their way to show their own low cost VR headsets. Now I think that's what I think it's going to work. It's going to work with Oculus. It's going to work with their heads. It's not going to be a proprietary headset. It's going to work with, PC headsets. But you think Oculus is going to be okay? I understand that they make money off of their software, but you think they're going to be okay just opening up that store to any other headset? Because then at what mm-hmm. point do they open it up to Vive owners just to access the yeah. official Oculus? It's just a storefront at that point, which I think would be great, especially well, I don't with... Think, I don't think it's the, the... I don't think you go to the Oculus storefront. I think it's in the Xbox Live Marketplace, but just literally that entire library is huh. sellable there. Hmm. Interesting. I could be wrong. I feel like uh, with the Oculus not being at E3 and stuff, I don't know. I feel like maybe there's a little bit of stigma attached to the company and maybe Microsoft is not as keen to tout a partnership just yet. Maybe not. I, you guys would all be surprised, though, if they didn't mention VR associated with that box, right? I would not be surprised if they didn't mention VR. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I think it's a huge missed opportunity because I think VR is going to be a big part of Sony's conference. And I think Microsoft understands that there's some gra- think, ground to be lost you think there. It, you really think it's going to be a big part of Sony's conference? I do. I do. I, th- I think it's selling better than they thought. And mm-hmm. it, they there's going to be some cool VR I games. I think I, I can I can list like seven. I feel like they are already packed with games. What do you mean? That, that, they already like, have enough games Sony, to fill a yeah, show. Sony, yeah, Sony already has enough, like, Call of Duty, Destiny, Spider-Man, God of War, maybe Last of Us tease, like, a ton of stuff. Days Gone. Yeah, that that if VR carves out a chunk, it might, for those people that are interested, yes, but for other people, it's going to be, like, taking the wind right out of the sails. Dude, I, I well, obviously, I'm in the in the pocket yes. you know whatever i'm in the uh what's the word i'm looking for in the big vr's pocket i mean <laughs> yes you are you in are invested in this technology so you want to see more of it right. and there's nothing wrong with wanting to see it but i think but, you yeah. could make a big splash showing vr star wars stuff 
And uh, I think there will be um, – honestly, I think Fallout 4 VR, which That's we know That's conference though, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, they're going to show that, but then it's going to be – I think you know what you remember what they did with Fallout 4 when they're like, "Hey, this game and it's going to be out in like a month." I think that happens again with the same game but in VR. I think they're going to be like, "It's out very soon." And I think it's going to come out on PlayStation VR as well. And I think that they will not announce that at the Bethesda conference, but they will announce that at the Sony conference. Huh. I think Microsoft Maybe. is in a precarious position with VR just in the sense that Connect did so poorly for them as terms of their Xbox One messaging. And unless it has, you know, some the headsets they're selling have tracking that don't require a camera or some sensor set up, you know, they're selling you on a sensor again. And if it doesn't work with Connect for those, you know, whatever millions of people that already have one, maybe sitting in a closet somewhere or whatever, it's, it's a weird thing to resell. And so I'm just not sure how they do it where I feel like Microsoft now is the most powerful gaming console. This is what we are. And I don't think that when they're launching Scorpio, they're going to want to come out and muddy that message in any way, shape, or form. I hope I'm wrong. I hope my existing Oculus could plug into it. Um, but I, I just don't see it happening this year. Interesting. Well, you might yeah. be right. You are the prognosticator of prognosticators. Um, the Spistradamus, as I like to call <laughs> No, it. I'm done. I've retired. No, you I can't retire. You can't retire. It's not, the year is not even half over. Um, uh, it is for me. <laughs> Um, let's talk about Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo, of course, not having a traditional press conference. They're having their Nintendo Direct on Tuesday morning, which is super late. Uh, it's right before the show opens. show doesn't open until noon on Tuesday, and they do their thing at 9 a.m. Uh, we know that Mario Odyssey will be there. Um, I think it's a pretty safe bet to say there will be a Smash Brothers port coming to, yeah. to Switch. I think that'll be a pretty big announcement. But... My question to you guys is, are they going to pull a Zelda and make their whole conference presence about Mario? No. No. I, I think they have uh, some other things that they can talk about. but Well, they're going to have arms and Splatoon areas. I mean, they're doing yeah. arms and Splatoon tournaments at their own little thing. Right. And I think they're going to spend more time hyping that. I mean, arms comes out, what, like the day after E3 ends or something? Yeah, but they technically had those things at last year, too. I mean, it wasn't all Zelda, but the whole place was themed Zelda. It was just like, this is the one game sure. that we're focusing on. I kind of think they might do that again. I think part of it is going to be they're they have to think about the fact that this E3 is going to have a lot of people that are not media who maybe have no have never touched a switch. So this could be their chance to kind of sell people on a switch with a multitude of experiences. Yeah. You know, whereas switch. it was Buy it now not available now. Well, <laughs> it's true. But whereas like last year, yeah, it was all Zelda because Wii U was about to die. Right. You know, and, and they, switch, they weren't showing a switch yet. It wasn't. Yeah, no, you're right. switch on the show but yeah, now I feel like you, you want to put like more Monster reasons Hunter or yes, things for people to play and say like, oh, man, this this seems kind of cool because it, it is one of those uh, consoles that when you do get your hands on it, it you do kind of better understand some of the things that it does well. Will Joy-Cons be strapped to women's waists? No, they've made that no. mistake. Um, Gosh, that's so, so small now. They will, be, they will be attached to the system, which will probably be, like, docked. By the well, way, I have, was a picture of, I have a picture of myself playing a, uh, was it 3DS that they announced yeah. that way? Yep, yep. Attached to a lady. That was, a, yes. that was an interesting. It was short cord, too. Yeah. It was so awkward. 
and they were like tilt games. Oh, but they did they did Joy Cons at the the New York event, and they were tethered and weird and whatever. I think E3 they'll be a little more so because more people are coming through. But they they figured it out. But it is always weird that Nintendo has these like waggle things or motion controlled things. But then when you play it on the show floor. It's it's a very different experience often. A uh, W Matthew in the chat says, "I want a Mario Maker port." I think that's actually a pretty safe bet too. I think we're going to get several Wii U ports and Mario Maker. How do Maker's you do? Just, how do you do Mario Maker? There's a touchscreen, but but it editor mode so, editor mode requires uh, undocked. I well, I guess it just I don't know. It it works so well with the dual screen. It I don't know. They'll I, find the, a way. There's too yeah, much money on that. Yes. <laughs> Uh, um, Arrow Dash eighty four asked the question we're all asking, which is: Is this the year for Metroid Prime? Dude, if they show a good Metro, a uh, Metro Metroid, I, I mean, I will claim Nintendo is the winner of E three. Um, I will get that. That could take it right out of God of War and Spider Man's noses. Yeah, you don't even have show. to play. For, they should just sh- show a logo, and you're like, uh, the game of the game of the show is Metroid Prime Untitled. <laughs> I need a little more than that, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, those games are so good. That's, they are good. And when was the last time we got one? How many years has it been since we got one? But I mean, I rebought them all on the uh, Wii U uh, eShop. Does that count? <laughs> it does feel like the yeah. year when there could be a vague announcement that we're working on it. Kind of like what they did with Pikmin, where Miyamoto came out and he was like, I'm working on it. And everybody went, amazing. And then he left. And it's like, and here's Mar- a Metroid pinball, which is a great pinball. But... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's, you know, the the pessimist in me wants to just, you know, say it's going to be Mario and then Super Smash Brothers as their big games and then they're going to spend 40 minutes showing you like 3DS games. Yeah, yeah, 3DS games and and whatnot. Uh Mario, I would like Mario and the Rabbids game whatever that's called. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like there are, you know, I I want to be optimistic, but how many years do you have to go by and be like, hopefully we'll see this and hopefully to Nintendo's credit though, they've done a great job of doing regular directs and spacing out fairly large announcements throughout the year. Like they, they do a really good job of keeping their games in the hype cycle throughout the year in a way that other companies haven't quite matched. Like Sony's done PlayStation experience, which is great. And Microsoft has tried to have a few um, one-off events to, to bring games to the forefront, but like Nintendo, if they just draw, you know do an amazing thing with mario odyssey and then announce a smash port i think that will be pretty huge and that could carry them through e3 and then come you know august or september they talk they they talk about mario maker coming you know they've done a really good job at that and i could see them continue with that strategy instead of saying here's everything for the next two years they kind of just they they drip feed you you know well i have two two things first of all i think there is a bit of a paradigm shift happening with Nintendo. And eh, maybe that's too strong of a word, but there's a trend that I'm seeing with them that I think we we are not really recognizing as a trend yet, but it is. And and that is Arms, Splatoon. I think Nintendo is much more interested in creating new IP now than they have in a long long time. And I think we are more likely to see rather than just Everybody's every year. It's like, are we going to get a Metroid? Are we going to get a Mario? Are we going to get a Zelda? Are we going to get a Donkey Kong? Are we going to get a Metroid? Are we going to get a Mario? Are we going to get a Zelda? Are we going to get a Donkey Kong? I think for the first time, I think we have the opportunity to really see more different stuff from them that is brand new franchises. And I think that's kind of exciting and cool. Well, I think it's interesting how well they've positioned themselves 
to be on the forefront of esports. And while, you know, I don't know if the competitive Splatoon scene will take off or not. I mean, the original Switch trailer, that's how they positioned that game being played in a stadium. And ARMS is very much, it could be a very cool esport to watch, especially if, like, imagine the official... Yeah, if the official rules required you to play yeah, uh, with waggle control, yeah, it's cool, man. And yeah. I don't know if you know Talk about how controversial that would be if, if the guy's like, "It didn't register my arm movement." Well, you know, get better arms, dude. <laughs> Could you try sucking arms less? Try um, changing out for that spring arm. <laughs> uh, could four thirty two? It said a Pokemon stars could be there. Do you guys think there's going to be a switch Pokemon at E three? That's the forever Maybe. rumor, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, well, I want to counter what you were saying, though, Jeff, about the whole, you know, new I, new IPs. I do think the new IPs is great. But, I mean, they just, earlier this year, we the fans showed Nintendo, when you give them the thing they want, people show up in crazy numbers. Nintendo so they care they about have- that. But they have to be aware now. Like, this, this was like a, this was like a shake you awake moment of like them going, wait. If we uh, just give them the Metroid they want, no, no, Nintendo don't care about what you want. Nintendo care about what did Nintendo give you. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just being silly. Um, yeah. But so so here's my big question: Is what would it take from Mario Odyssey for it to be your game of show? Mm. Is it possible? Do you think a Mario for game me personally? Be that probably exciting? not. No. no, Christian. Yeah, I don't think it's possible, but I do think it could potentially be my game of the year. Because <laughs> yeah, you are you're bad at predicting things. I know that that's not true. You're great at predicting things. I don't no, understand. Because, well, I don't think God of War is going to come out this year. I think ah. I, I I do think that Nintendo has really doubled down on Mario Odyssey coming out this year, and I think Mario games oftentimes for me most recently with. Um, Oh gosh, Galaxy, Galaxy 2, and 3D Land, um, 3D World, they really showed their richness as you spent time with them and you kind of did like the secret levels and the puzzles and you did not just the first playthrough of a level to get the star. It's in how intricate and well designed the levels are. And it's kind of like Breath of the Wild. You know, you can play that game and it's fine. It's, it's fine. But then when you start seeing what all the systems can do on top of each other, you know, I, I, it, my mind is blown watching some of these GIFs or videos that the way people are using the systems in that game. And Mario Odyssey, I think, could very well do that, too, with its level design and how it how it plays out and opens itself up to the player as they progress and get into the harder and harder challenges. I just don't think that shows well on the show floor where I'm watching God of War and all of a sudden I'm crying because, like, I'm putting myself in Kratos' shoes and I'm like, I'm crying while watching God of War? What happened? Yeah, right. <laughs> Now, I'm going to go ahead and use the word bonkers again because I think this Mario has the potential to be the bonkers Mario and in a good way. I think it could Turbo be, graphics? It could be bonks revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it could be really bizarre and delightful in, a, in how crazy far afield they go with it. And I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for that. Uh, this real world Mario thing could just really feel strange. I'm kind of <laughs> ready for that. I'm ready for it to be – not feel like a Mario. Feel. I mean, I loved Galaxy. Sure. Right? Galaxy felt so different, and I think so good. Be, be cool yeah. again. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: What are the odds that Nintendo says, "Hey, so we know we said Mario comes out this year, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah." But yeah. uh, look at the Super Smash Brothers that we ported. Uh, I mean, they doubled definitely. down on this year their last big event. So, 
I'd be perfectly happy with them delaying it because I think that was one of my other, like my last prediction I need to come true from our bold prediction show. So I'm totally okay with that in, in one hand, but uh, I'm starting to I'm starting to think they, they, they deliver. And what a year Nintendo has if that comes out, right? From a console release to all of these games coming out, it's, uh, they've, it seems like maybe they've learned. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, we, we kind of glossed over Sony. Oh no, we talked about Sony. Um, let's talk about Bethesda because. Oh wait, can I say one thing for Sony? Oh please. Uh, taking the shine off of Scorpio immediately, which we both think we all think is going to get a date and a price. I think there's a really good chance that Sony immediately slashes prices on the base and the PS4 Pro. So it's like, yeah, 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 you can wait till October to buy this $500 Xbox Scorpio, or you can buy the PS4 Pro for you know $249 right now, yeah, or something, something. That would be shrewd and certainly in line with the kinds of things they tend to do. So, yeah, that would be interesting, um, especially this, there's enough lead time between Microsoft's mm-hmm. conference and theirs where they, you know, they put up those janky slides. It's like, this slide was made 14 minutes ago, wasn't <laughs> like it? The font is all wrong. It's yeah. like the Spider-Man 3 font again. That's all they had. <laughs> yeah. um, that's interesting. Uh, let's talk about Bethesda because their E3 invitation to their press conference uh, showed – it was this kind of um, stylized like Disneyland-esque invitation to Bethesda land. And it showed the different lands. You know, there's one for for uh, Elder Scrolls and there's one for Doom and there's one for Fallout. And then there's two areas that they say are under construction or coming soon, which certainly leads us to believe that there are two announcements happening, at least two announcements happening at their – conference. I think Bethesda in the last two years has proven to be so good at creating legit, surprising, awesome announcements at their convention or at their conference. Um, I think the, the sort of um, conventional guesses uh, among people who are looking at that are that it will be a new Wolfenstein game and a, or, and, or a new evil within game Evil Within 2 or a, a new Wolfenstein. Um, I'm sort of hoping that it's not those because I, I think those are the kind of the least interesting things it could be. But what do you guys think? I think exactly those two games. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. Well, we know that Mach- it's Machines Games is going to – has a game in de- development. It's It seems a pretty safe bet that it's going to be there at E3. And I think given – the surprise nature of Wolfenstein, you got to give those guys at least another shot to like kind of, you know, take the reins off and let them do whatever they really, really wanted to do. Not to say Wolfenstein's not crazy, but, you know, you got to give them another shot in that universe to maybe even take things further. Those games were fantastic. That and New Blood, Old Blood, whatever the little DLC standalone game. It wasn't that was an incredible game. I would love to see another one of those. Evil Within never fully hooked me. I kind of just I think I red boxed it or something so like that. Speak. <laughs> so to speak. This is a game um, about hooks and in flesh. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. I I mean I think what we all kind of want is the the peak at Oblivion or Morrowind or whatever they're doing. Not gonna happen. But I, I also kind of like yeah. the trend of of Bethesda not showing you things that are a year out. So I think if we continue to see current bethesda anthony hits it right on the head it's it's wolfenstein and evil within two if bethesda changes gears somehow i don't i don't i'm not picturing a new ip showing up um coming out of them because that's the same thing that's not ready yet right what do you think it's going to be i don't know uh but i mean i think the the 
odds are pretty good that it's those two games, but um, I hope it's not. I, I really would love to see something more interesting, more surprising. I really Dude, do Wolfenstein think Wolfenstein is though. It's so good. I know. I know you were a really huge fan of that. Well, well, think about think about Doom, for example. You know, Doom was a surprise, and oh, then so th- when those developers come back around, most people are going to be like, "You got to do another one of those." Yeah, um, I guess. I think the, the Mikami game, whatever you know, Shinji Mikami is working on, whether it's Evil Within or something else, that's more of a wild card because Evil Within was not as well received. It was one of those games where people were like, "I see the potential," but. It wasn't exactly what I was looking for. And especially in a year where Resident Evil kind of got new life breathed into it, um, you know, evil, either evil within or something kind of survival horror-y could be really cool. But yeah, yeah. I would, I would say he's just like, I'm, I'm going to keep going with this evil within. I've, I've heard you. Yeah. Here's the second one. It's going to be better. I promise. <laughs> I think there's a, about a 0% chance it's an Elder Scrolls thing yeah. because uh, I, I don't even think that's next year's E3. I think we're multiple, multiple years out from he- hearing anything about yeah. that game because, it, you know, it's it's going to – it's those are massive undertakings. Um but I would love, I would love it to be a fun role playing experience from Bethesda. I would, I would love there to be some other kinds of thing that they're. I don't know. I just, I'd rather be more surprising than just a sequel to the two other games that you know that we make. But that's just me looking for fun surprises. Speaking of fun surprises, well, before we get to that, um, Anthony brought up Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, at this point, I really think it's going to be a difficult thing for me to be surprised and excited about this i really do feel like it's gonna look and feel like an assassin's creed game but i hope i'm wrong um what is it anthony that you were are looking for we kind of know it's going to be set in egypt we kind of know it's going to be a prequel origin story thing for the assassin's guild are there gameplay things that you're hoping it to have or not have I don't know. I, I I guess I just I still enjoy um or would still enjoy the Assassin's Creed concept uh, packaged in a way that feels even slightly fresh. It's kind of like Far Cry 5 for me. You know, I got a little stale on Far Cry 4 doing the outposts and doing the similar things, but I'm interested in Far Cry 5 because it's a a kind of more interesting environment and a more interesting setting and a more interesting story, at least from what they've talked about. So I think Assassin's Creed, if they kind of keep some of the similar mechanics, but do interesting riffs, but take it into like a more open world where I'm sailing around. There are a lot of rumors, you know, we don't really know what is true and what's not, but yeah, if it's, if it's a larger kind of like you're building out the assassins, maybe doing doing some interesting things that really build behind the lore of Assassin's Creed and it's still fundamentally familiar. I wouldn't be mad at that. I know a lot of people would be not interested in that, but I personally would play that. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I would love it to feel fresh rather than just sort of look fresh. I don't know. I, I don't At this point, I don't even know what they could do to get me excited. I, I really dig the historical context of these games, but just... 
the the gameplay mechanics in them have failed to captivate me o- over iteration and iteration. Um, I mean, I don't know if they need us though, right? They you look don't. at no, Wildlands being one of yeah. the, if not, I think it's currently the best selling game of the year for honor selling like gangbusters across, um, all systems as well. Like Ubisoft is kind of at this point now where they're releasing these massive hits that maybe don't get the press coverage they deserve. Even Rainbow Six Siege games that you and I kind of both bounced off relatively quickly, you know, has an amazing community that's still playing it you know regularly and support and they're still supporting that game so i think that maybe just because they're not for us i you know i don't want this show to seem dismissive of these giant massive uh, games popular, that people yes very, very yeah and i'm you know i'm such a massive fan of the division i really think that game i hope i think it'd be cool if they announced something along the lines of new division content at the, at the show that would be cool uh, I, and I know that the centerpiece of their conference is going to be Assassin's Creed Origins, but the fact that they came out with uh, all the Far Cry 5 stuff so so early, it feels like there needs to be something else as part of the press conference. You know, yeah. if they're if they're kind of spoiling or not spoiling that, but sh- you know, shooting that load <laughs> early, uh, uh-huh. there it, it begs the question: what what else have they got? At the show, is there going to be a Splinter Cell game? Maybe it's possible. I, I think with Ubisoft, it's it's a lot of they sometimes look at their properties in a different light as other people do. I mean, think about la- last year's press conference. If I remember correctly, they ended with Steep. It ended with True. Steep, right? Yeah. So, like, I think, yeah, I think that they just, you know, they're probably going to announce a new IP, and it might be cool in concept or whatever but yeah i i feel like the focal points will be far cry assassin's creed the south park game and the assuming that rabbits thing is actually being made yeah those will be the focal points and then probably talking about division year two and maybe ghost recon and for honor and i'm sure there'll be some sort of vr uh, let's dance that they do. Well, they've done some good stuff with VR though. It's easy. I mean, yeah. oh, no, Eagle Flight, what I thought was pretty cool. Star Trek is yeah. them. Oh, I, they're, um, they are. I mean, they are big supporters of VR. And uh, Gaucho Cam said, "What about Assassin's Creed VR?" I think that's kind of a possibility. I feel like it would probably be more of a side experience, but that could be really cool. That could be super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What else? What else are we? Let's. Maybe wrap things up with any kind of big surprises you guys are hoping for or any big predictions you want to make that we are, haven't already covered. Uh, Anthony, do you have any anything, any pie in the sky? I, I would like to see what Sucker Punch is working yeah. on. Yeah. Um, Love that studio. If, if, if that's a thing. Um, uh, in the in the Sony camp, I would like to see what Sucker Punch is working on, and selfishly, because I kind of like the concept, I would like another order. Yeah, me too. And, That's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but I think outside of that, maybe I, I... Well, actually, two other things. I, I would love to see more Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts, but... Who knows? Well, Kingdom Hearts three Enix. might might be there. That's a big one that everybody talks about. Or you know, people are talking that we might see like Shenmue's one and two remastered, um, which would be an sure. interesting thing. Um, there's a lot of speculation that we might get a Bloodborne two announcement. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I yeah. I don't. I think it's. I think it's a Souls esque game in a new universe. Oh no! Bloodborne was too big, and it was a PlayStation exclusive. I think we definitely see. 
we see that that IP is strong. I think that that name is really, really strong. He's Miyazaki said that I'm working on a new IP that's not a Souls game. So that's just what he's working on. That doesn't mean there's not Bloodborne 2, just like uh, Dark Souls 2 was not him, right? Dark Souls tools hated Christian. I know. I'm not saying it's going to be the right move. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. Well, but he was the one that made Bloodborne while they were making Dark Souls I know. tools. So I, and now he's he making makes... something else, and someone else uh, is making Bloodborne too. Um, I think. I think. I think he's working on something different, and that's. I'm excited for that. I'm whatever Miyazaki. I'll take a Bloodborne too, but apparently he's working on something else. I'll go Miyazaki. You can have your Bloodborne too by somebody else <laughs> what is there any what, what's like a, a crazy thing that you, that you would like to see happen any kind of big surprise that would rock your socks hmm. christian while you're thinking yeah. about that christian what, what about you you got any predictions any uh, anything we haven't mentioned i think we'll get hands-on with death stranding or we'll see a playable <laughs> playable hands something on. vertical not hands on, maybe not hands-on but a vertical oh, someone will play someone will play something of Some- death stranding Someone, what do you define play? Because this is a wiggle room here. If it's a person walking through a cutscene with Guillermo del Toro being weird, then maybe. Well, you said you wanted a sequel to The Order. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) I think think Kojima confirms Emma Stone's in the game. There you go. (laughs) There you go. I think we we see... There's no game yet. I think we see something. I think we see something playable, but that might show up on Keeley's stage because if there's ever an exclusive that Keeley would want, <laughs> yeah. it'd be that, right? right like for sure, that would one hundred percent be it. I think. I think we get 2018 um, for uh, Last of Us. I think we see something of that play in, in some no, form or fashion. They will not show playable. any Last of Us. You come, they've already shown us some Last That's, of Us. That was to put people off for the multiple years it's going to take to make that game. Yeah. I think we see some Last of Us. Um, I think I think they come out and everybody gets all hyped, and then they go, "We're talking about Uncharted: Lost Legacy," and they're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot." Yeah, about that's a whole that game. opens the show. Last of Us Two closes the show. No, you're insane. I hope I hope I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love I'd love I'd love 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 to be right. Man, I had a game in my head. That just totally slipped my mind of something that I thought could would would blow people. Mighty One says Shenmue away. Three gameplay. I doubt it. Um, it's certainly a possibility we could see Shenmue Three things, oh. but I think it's more likely that we would get Shenmue One and Two remasters. Uh, to, to, to Here, here's a, a, a out of left field prediction. If you build it, they will come. Uh, the name Bioshock. Interesting. Well, Ken Levine is working on something. And has been and for that a other while. studio is working on something. Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought of Ken Levine because you said Bioshock, but I, that would be interesting well, to see whatever his new thing is. Oh yeah, um, but I think I think maybe that IP could show up. They kind of they put out the the remasters that were fairly well received, like competent you know remasters, kept keeping the IP alive. I don't think it's this year by any stretch of the imagination, but I could see a big daddy walking out of the water, going toward land, or I don't know something. Right? Yeah, yeah certainly yeah. A, a franchise that's that. ready to return. Um, for me, what about you? Well, the the thing I would love to see, but I kind of doubt we will see anything about it, is the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, the CG Project Red's sci fi RPG. I I think that game is several years away, but still. But um, I love CD Project Red, and I would just mm-hmm. be so thrilled to see whatever else is going on with that game, where it is now. Gravy, Gravy Biscuits in the chat mentions Rocksteady. Yeah, I would love to see. Whatever they're doing, Batman, Superman, Full Wonder VR Woman, Batman. 
I'd love that too. Oh. Uh, Justice League. I'd love. I I love Rocksteady. Um, Dude, a Rocksteady mm. Superman game would be the bee's knees, man. Would be the bee's. I would knees. love to see them do Red Sun. Oh, if that's that, not going to happen. Like some people are making Superman a jerk. Like, I mean, let's just do, do you, it. But do you really think that you can do a Superman game and have it be like it's just going to get nitpicked until it's dead? You that's know, that's like what kills Superman, not kryptonite nitpicking. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, you make a Superman game and they're like, oh, it's only set on one planet. Boring. Or, you know, like, oh, you know, boring. He, he takes he takes damage. Boring. You know, like boring like that. I feel I honestly feel like that's that's what's going to happen. Like you're you're there's no way to make a okay. Superman game that's going to. Here's the pitch. People. It takes place on one planet. Superman chases Brainiac to some planet and then uh, suddenly gets trapped, and it's a red sun planet, so his powers are weakened, Bullring. and he must don the yeah, cowl of Batman exactly. to uh If to you do anything himself. to limit him, Bullring. if you, like, yeah, if you start if you start off the game and you're like, he has freeze breath, he has, you know, everything, and then he loses his powers, and you get them, like, one by one on a skill tree, you're gonna, you're just, like, I don't see a scenario where you can make a Superman game. You have to turn down not- the red sun. That's the, that's the, that's the progression. <laughs> It's just like there's I feel like there's no way you can deliver a Superman game without limiting it and then having people say that it's just not what I want. Infamous First Light or whatever that standalone expansion was for Second Son made me think that they could do an an incredible Flash game could be made. I would I'd love to see that also. It'd be awesome to have a Wonder Woman. It'd be synergy to have Wonder Woman show up, but not going to happen. The other thing that's not going to happen, I'm fairly confident to say, is we will not see any Red Dead Redemption 2 anywhere. Um, I think it's, you know, that game is over a a year away, over a year away. um, And I think Rockstar is not going to be at the show at all. So I think people should calm down about being excited for that. Um, Yeah, when was the last time Rockstar was at E3? Yeah, a million years ago. Uh, and and the the one thing we nobody has said yet, but I think is a actually a pretty safe bet. Borderlands three. Yeah, I think Borderlands actually... three could be a big presence at either Sony or Microsoft's conference, and uh, I, mean, I think Borderlands yeah. the post sequel. You mean Border Worlds? Border <laughs> Worlds. There you go. I like that. Yeah, that game too. I think has lost a little bit's luster, but those games were great. Oh, they were beyond great. I they were they were so much fun, and I think that they could could be Scorpio. Scorpio game yeah. could be a cool Scorpio game. I don't know. I I wonder if they think that like they need to find a new way to approach it because Destiny does a lot of the things that they do. You know, like yeah. they have the humor, but like the the loot obsession. Yeah, it's different, but. A lot of people say that they still did it better. I think it's an interesting one. I I yeah I I I don't. I don't think that those people are necessarily even wrong, but yeah, the yeah, it's got to be. It can't just be Borderlands Three. I feel like it needs to be like boring, 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 boring. Takes place on one moon. I'm boring. <laughs> so, Anthony, if you had to, if you had to predict what your game of show would be, is it going to be uh, God of War or uh, Assassin's Creed? Are you your most anticipated, or do you think I? I honestly feel like it's going to be Spider-Man. Oh man, I really hope Spider-Man is just the best. I um man, I'm so excited for that I, game. I feel I feel like it's I don't know why. I think maybe it's that Insomniac nails that that humor really well. Uh and and that kind of like tone. 
um, really well. So I think that they'll be able to put together some, some story vignettes that will be really great to watch. And then they do some really cool thing with effects. I mean, even though people didn't really enjoy fuse, they, the, the effects work that they can do in, in different games like ratchet and clank and whatnot. So with webbing and, and, you know, lighting and swinging through New York, or maybe, you know, maybe it, it takes you to other places in addition to New York. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know why I have this feeling. Like, I think it should be God of War because I really did enjoy the demo for how limited it was last year. I think this will be like a big, you know, full blowout. Like here's, here's some real crazy gameplay. Um, I, I, yeah, I feel like, uh, it's going to be Spider-Man. I don't, I don't know I why. Hope I hope you're right. Um, I, I, mark my words, guys. There's going to be a big PlayStation VR game. The way that last year we were all gobsmacked when they said Resident Evil 7 was going to be in VR. In the same way, I think Sony is going to leverage some of their relationships with these big publishers. And there is going to be another... I think that's Fallout. I think you nailed that. I think Fallout we, is the known quantity. But I think there will be at least one and maybe more than one other big PlayStation VR game. I think uh, Star Wars is, is a real possibility. I think Spider-Man might have a VR component because, hmm. because Insomniac has been big on VR, right? Um, Edge of Nowhere, Feral Rights, The Unspoken, right? They had those contracts with, with Oculus to make those exclusive games, but in-house, they have done a lot of stuff with VR. There's a chance there could be some Spider-Man VR functionality. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Just saying. Interesting. Interesting. I think one thing that could steal the show for me, again, I, I'd love it to be played in some form or fashion. But, man, I want to see what Amy Hennig's working on, I'd, that whatever that Star Wars is. Yeah. You know, I, her Uncharted games. You know, whatever the influence of everybody at Naughty Dog was or was not, but those are some of my favorite games of all time. And now you add her working on a property that is so near and dear to my heart. Like, yeah. that could that could absolutely blow me away. All right, guys. Well, I think that go- that wraps up our, our hype train uh, pre-show. Again, multiple episodes uh, uh, E3 week. It's going to be huge. Uh, we're going to be staying up late to deliver our coverage. I hope you guys will be downloading those episodes and listening to them. I know there's a lot of places giving you good coverage. But I think uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna do a great job um, covering a lot of the big stuff from the show. And again, I will also be there every day with newest, latest, best, giving you quick bursts of my immediate reactions to uh, all the stuff I'm seeing. So, lots of great content coming from us. We will wrap the show up now. We do have our uh, our, our uh, parting gift coming at you. But Anthony Taormina, thanks so much for being here on a Sunday night and uh, hanging out and in staying up late with us. We appreciate it. I'm just here for the championship ring. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> well done. Uh, where can people keep up with you and your, uh, your path to victory? Uh, Gamerant.com is kind of your one-stop shop for all my games coverage and whatnot. Um, I do streams on our Facebook page. As my grandpa said in chat, I've been playing Friday the 13th. People seem to like it. Um, 
but yeah, GameRant.com, anything you want to see, reviews, coverage, including E3. I will be at E3 as well, so you'll be able to read some of my impressions from various things. And then if you just want to follow me personally, you can do so on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Antormina, which is spelled A-N-T-A-O-R-M-I-N-A. Very cool. Christian, what do you got going on, buddy? Got a few things. Speaking of uh, newest, latest, best on Anchor, if you're a parent or a parent curious, just uh, today, Sunday, as we're recording this, Department of Parenting uh, launched on Anchor. Ooh. We will have new, yeah, Congrats. parenting content coming to you every day. Thank you. I, I think it works in the, the format really well. It's bite-sized kind of tips, tricks, funny anecdotes, Just articles. It's like, don't let them do that. All right, see you next time. <laughs> Get down from there is, is pretty much all it is. Uh, but I'm really happy with, with, uh, I'm, I'm freaking out, man. Um, oh, is that poop or mud? Uh, I think it works with the, the format really well. You can find it at anchor.fm slash D E P T of parenting, or you can also use slash D O P should redirect to that as well. But it's D E P T of parenting, department of parenting on dope. Anchor, dope. It's dop, actually, just dop or dope, dupe. Um, people not in LA, chances to see me out of LA. I will be doing shows in London Thursday, June twenty second at this thing called Backyard Comedy. Wednesday, June twenty second, uh, somewhere in central London. I'm trying to get the name of the venue, don't know it yet. <laughs> Thursday, June twenty ninth, doing a spot on the show called The Blackout. Then I will be in Austin. I got those dates confirmed. Saturday, uh, September 2nd. Oh, no, no. Where am I looking at? So confirmed right there. So confirmed. Uh, I will be there Labor Day weekend. So that's Saturday and Sunday, part of the Out of Bounds Festival over Labor Day weekend. And then in San Diego on September 29th and 30th, featuring for Ryan Sickler of the Crab Feast podcast. They just hit 10 million downloads. That show is a beast, man. That show is a beast. So yeah, come come to a stand up show. Come say hi, Jeff. What about you? Um. Oh man, we got the uh, the slash film cast talking about movies. Um. I'm gonna be talking about that in a second. In my, I don't even need to tell people about it. So excited. But we're, we we reviewed Wonder Woman. You should listen. It's a very good review. It's very fun. Um. I would say some people liked it. Some people didn't. And there was a lot of arguing that ensued. Um. That's at slashfilmcast.com. I also have a comedy science show called We Have Concerns that you can find at wehaveconcerns.com. It's a lot of fun. Give that one a shot as well. Uh, and my daily video game show I've talked about several times, newest, latest, best, anchor.fm slash NLB. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Kanata. Oh, man, it's going to be fun. And and as I do every year, I will be live tweeting uh, the conferences as I sit there in the audience. Um, so my tweets will probably show up fractions of a moment earlier than others because I'm live. And I'm not wait, nah. waiting for the streams. So you know, I'll, I'll be on don't the stream. Be, I will get your tweets when the, you finally get cell reception. Don't be a fraction of a moment. <laughs> no, yeah, later. you're going to be trying to connect to the Wi-Fi just like the rest of us. And you're gonna be like, it says free Wi-Fi. And but. I'll be streaming it. And then I'll be like, oh, Jeff said Forza looks great as we're talking about uh, the next so game already. <laughs> if you enjoy tweets about uh, how loud it is in there. Get, get on my get on my tweets. Get on. Oh, what about hashtag E3 fashion? Oh man, it's back, baby. Oh, you're doing it again, huh? Why not? Why not? <laughs> All right. Um, let's get now. <laughs> let's wrap the show up. This is a long one this week. I I had a great time though, man. This is the best time of year for video games. Let's uh, go to the parting gift. Hey, give us a suggestion. 
Anthony, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a, a interesting suggestion because you're, I know what you're talking <laughs> about, but uh, there, Amazon is having a crazy uh, Marvel sale on mm. comics. Uh, things are very cheap. So if you have ever wanted to read a Marvel comic and, or, or, you know, you just like Marvel comics, you can get, I would say, uh, dozens of issues or dozens of just like full, uh, arcs for less than $5. Yeah. I bought like, I don't know, an insane amount and I only spent like 30 bucks. So if you're a comic book reader or you're curious about comic books, there's a big sale going on for Marvel books. I know DC also exists, but yeah, if if you're interested in that stuff, there's a, a great sale cool. going on. Christian, what about you? You go first, Jeff. Mine piggybacks well, off yours. We're all well. talking about Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder yeah. Woman is is quite good, and uh, it is a revelation as far as DC cinematic universe goes, it is finally doing it right. In my opinion, it is, it's full of hope and joy and aspirational nobility. It, it, it is just a joy. It's it. I left that place feeling good about the world for until I checked my phone and looked at the news, but it, it, it is, it's, it's charming and funny and the action is thrilling. Go see wonder woman. I know most of you already have because it opened huge, but if you haven't, it's really worth it. It's great, great, great fun. It is great. And if you're looking for more Wonder Woman, um, there's various collections, but I would recommend the George Perez Omnibus Volume 1. Yeah, I think there's four volumes now. And if you don't know, George, George Perez is just one of the most, just the best comic book writers and shepherds of characters over the years and decades. And he came to Wonder Woman at a time when Wonder Woman was struggling. It was after Crisis on Infinite Earths in the 80s, and they rebooted their entire superhero line. And Wonder Woman was not – there was a – I mean, if, if George had not come in, there was a good chance that she wouldn't have been part of the Trinity. Like, what he did with the character, he fought to take on the character and to and to write her book. And um, it's incredible. It holds up so well. I would pick up – I would start with Volume 1, but read all of them if you can. It's, it's really impressive stuff. We got a listener-submitted uh, parting gift. This comes from Craig. He says – I was hoping, giving your extensive recommendations to vote in the American elections last year, that you guys would give a shout out to us in the UK and give a plea for everyone in the UK who can vote to do so on June 8th. Happy to do that. Uh, he said, I won't start a fight with whom to vote for. That's a personal preference. But guys and gals of the UK, please vote. It is so important. And all too often, people don't take advantage of this great privilege. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Craig. Happy to help spread the word. I know we have a lot of international listeners. So if you're in the UK, exercise your your rights. Get out there. It's important to have your voice heard. As somebody who lived through an election where too few people uh, had their voice heard, and I'm sure you guys are seeing the results of that now, get out there. Vote. So thanks, Craig. If you want to send in your own parting gift for the show, you can send it to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love getting your comments there as well. Hey, thanks for listening to this one. I know it's been long, but man, we're excited. Uh, also, thanks to Anthony Taramina and Christian Spicer for staying up late with me to do this. We will be back uh, two times next week for the big E3 show. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. Chugga, 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 chugga.